You're listening to Around Comics, episode 167. Comics, the Comic Culture Roundtable. I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by the regular cast of characters, Mr. Tom Caters. Hey, how's it going? All right, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Scotty Young. I am five days in on my quitting of the smoking. Set. The smoking. I've never seen anyone chew an entire pack of gum all at once. Just <laughs> unwrap a whole pack of Trident and just jam it on. He's going to destroy the toothpick. I have been doing the nicotine gum this week, but today... I only had one piece of the gum. I, I'm ready to kick the gum. I am, however, implementing the completely redneck toothpick. toothpick yes, yes, you yes. Are. yes. <laughs> so I who is, that, who yeah. is the guy from Looks GI good, Joe? No. The one that always had the toothpick. I don't know. Is it a is redneck it a, O'Banna? Is His name is probably toothpick. toothpick. No, I want a flavored one. I want a flavored one because the flavor of uh, wood. Dominic's wood. Can I suggest um, mesquite? Oh. <laughs> They just make what their own. They have Yeah, I just haven't got out of the house. This What's week. a chewing stick? It's like uh, a it's like a longer, thicker kind of wooden toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that that they, that has that's flavored. It's pretty much a quick really? like a pine. Yeah, it's called it's an in Australian the asshole chewing section. stick. Shit, I need some of those. Yeah, it's yeah. like a quick smoking aid. Oh, it's in the asshole. You go to whole food like health food stores. You can get them on Amazon. All right, I need to do some of that. Yeah, because. I failed completely. You failed. Completely. I was doing good. I, I went three, three or four days. Yes. No smoking. No problem. Then, then you I had, had one. Yes. Thinking, oh, I can have. I'm good. One. I'm I got good. Handle. No, that's I'm, no that's problem. The end of the quitting, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> fooled myself yeah. into thinking that it was okay. Uh, I quit, but I'm gonna four, have one. Four days in, he says, "I've beat it. I can have one." Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm done. Yeah. Well, uh, mistake. Yeah, what you that sound? He's, he's not a quitter. The, smoking is the r- r- truly. It, we talked about this. It is like quitting uh, uh, smoking crack. It's probably hard. I I actually have known uh, heroin addicts yeah. that have quit heroin easier, easier and cannot quit smoking. Yeah. Maybe you should switch to heroin. May, that Ooh, might help. But heroin seems like it t- would take up a lot yeah. of your time. And, and I could lose weight. <laughs> I could lose some weight. Lose some weight on, I yeah. gain weight. You wouldn't smoking. even have time to smoke. You don't right. be trying to score. I think it's or whatever plan. they say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever the kids say nowadays. I think that's the plan. No, I, I completely feel... I had quit smoking at one time in my life. I had quit for about two years. Or I, yeah. I delayed my smoking for about two years. I guess I didn't quit because I wouldn't have started again. But I quit for like two years. And, uh, and then when I started again, it wasn't nearly as bad. I wasn't smoking nearly as much as I had been. And so this time around when I quit again, or tried to quit again, I should say... Uh, it was actually pretty easy. Yeah. It seemed at first, but then, like I said, I just yeah, sort of fooled justified myself. You know, you I justified it in my head, thinking, "Oh, no big deal. I can have a cigarette now." Ha- and I-, I can help you stop. I'm going to sit down and make you smoke a whole carton of no. cigarettes <laughs> in one night. I, uh, I actually <laughs> called. Like, die. <laughs> I called my dad to tell him had a little father and son moment over Aww. smoking. Yeah. Uh, I called my dad to tell him, and then he said, "Oh, you fucker! Now I'm going to have to try to quit," <laughs> which is weird when you. 
has smoked so long that now you're inspiring your dad to quit because you're quitting. But um, and then we were talking about it, and it is so funny how long he's been smoking because he said, "I said, yeah, I was explaining to him how it's easier than what each day or whatever." And he said, uh, "Yeah, you know, about nine years ago, I got down to about three a day. <laughs> nine years for about six months. <laughs> nine years, and I was like, wow, because I've been smoking for about fourteen years. Pre nine eleven, it started it up yeah, again. That's different. when I started. I quit for two years. Nine eleven, I smoked. I started smoking." It was, yeah, a, it was a different Just world. Kidding. You should stick with that story, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. when uh, he had to start smoking again after House of M. He just couldn't handle the continuity. <laughs> yeah. All the fucking continuity. Stressful. No more mutants? Stressful. You're serious? I wonder how many... Did you see what Scarlet Witch did? <laughs> Spider-Man's not married anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, comics well, made me smoke. Speaking yeah. of that, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that conversation speaking, speaking in a little bit. I but, did. I did start smoking about the same time I started reading comics when I was like ten. Yeah. Did tobacco is not wacko, in fact, despite what comic books tell us. Yes. It was back whenever you could order cigarettes out of the back of the comics. And you maybe... had sex when you were ten too. Well, so <laughs> cigarettes not do make you look cool. Yeah. I mean, come on, cigarettes do make you look cool. Let's cigarettes not... do not make you look cool. They make you look awesome. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes. Depends on what sort of crowd you're hanging yes. with. They Whatever's you, the best thing. They make you look awesome and they make you feel incredible. <laughs> Yes. Better Tomorrow and uh, better looking, yeah. I mean, everything. Uh, yeah. More yellow. The yellowing of your fingertips. Awesome. <laughs> and um, in medieval times, that was a sign of virility. Oh. <laughs> yellow fingertips. All right. Oh, Enough well, about the smoke. Before yeah. before we get into um, what we've been reading here the last really like three weeks because it's it's been a while since we're we not talked about. Over, we're not going over everything we read in the last three no. weeks, Chris. Just so you know. I'm just. I have oh, wait, a few select things. Yeah, that I have pulled uh-huh. aside. Chris, I, always, <laughs> I have a few seven yeah. top of the stacks uh, today, beep, and a beep. couple of movies. Beep. And hey, uh, hey, we're supposed to talk about movies. Let me right. just get the ramp right. down, and I'll wheel yeah. down the books. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about uh, the club. So, Sal, this is uh, this is your pick this month. Oh, so, God. once you let people uh, know what your picks are, and 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 then who is so kind as to uh, my picks for uh, for the CD, the music I picked. Uh, the Misfits, Static Age, their um, their first album that didn't come out for 19 years. Uh, for the movie, I picked SLC Punk, uh, and for the uh, graphic novel or trade, I picked the originals by um, Dave Gibbons. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And speaking of, and speaking of Dave Gibbons, oh, uh, we're speaking recording of Dark Tower. Yes, no, we, uh, this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Comes next. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, the originals, to around comics listeners. How lucky is that? For an amazing 35% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only $11.69 for the soft cover or $16.22 for the hardcover, which is what we got. Check out the Eisner winning graphic novel by Dave Givens and then listen to our discussion. Wow, I didn't even know it was an Eisner winning graphic novel. Uh, listen for our discussion in early February. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need, all at great discounted prices, and remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. Yay! Got a little, got a little care package from InStockTrades today. Yes, you did. I was, I was like, ooh, fun stuff. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. He literally said that. Ooh, fun stuff. What is that? Actually, I said, it's I Christmas. Could, I could just hear it. Uh, you did say that. You did say it was Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas. He came in it's very nice cheery. that they have very a man dressed like Santa bring you your books. Well, no, uh, it's Cameron. Yeah. Only at... Uh, He's a good Santa. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever your religion is. If you're Jewish, you'll yeah. show up. As uh, Janta. 
Chanta. Chanta. I don't know. You don't know much. I just take the. I just pick the first letter Which, of your religion and add it to Anta. What does um, uh, Cyclops Baby Jesus celebrate? Uh, he celebrates the coming of the Christmas dragon. <laughs> From its breath, he burns gifts out of trees. Yeah. Irisica. Yeah. Oh, okay. Forget his claws, it. His claws I'm sorry. Are made I asked. Of, his claws are made out of mint. God. <laughs> Around Comics is recorded every Friday at seven o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, drop by. Like John Suntress. Hello again, is, everybody. Was in the area. We need we need to get some Harry Carey. You know, it's all oh, it's all like, it's all crit, and catchers you know. report in thirty days. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Chris what, has been talking about that what, for a week. I, now. I told Sal yeah. it actually makes it warmer here when pitchers and catchers report oh, in Florida. I, I'm not the same way. All right, see, it's, I'm not crazy, or John is just as crazy as I am. So I'll go with that man. one. All right, you guys are crazy. Well, hey, um, let's let's talk about some comics. Yeah, uh, it's time for to? top of the stack. You forgot to mention that Around well, Comics is recorded every Friday. No. Literally oh, you did? That. Really? Just, you never pay attention to me. Sorry. I apologize. It's always Tom, Tom, Tom. Yeah, I remember because he said, drop by, we'd love to meet you. And you oh, said, yeah. Yeah, you were the one who... And then, hello, everybody. And then, <laughs> well, I need pe- pe- thank you for pictures on my day report. Close, and, uh, close yeah. captioning is provided by Scotty <laughs> Young. <laughs> 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 thank you for that recap. All right, I apologize. <clears throat> so, uh, what time is it? Time for top of the stack. Wait, okay. didn't, we forgot to do the Dark Tower part. Shut up! It's a movie strip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not like a comic strip by Mobius. <laughs> just, <laughs> all right. Top, top of the stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. That's right. It's time for top of the stack. Our chance to let you, the listeners, know what we, the panel, have been reading for the last uh, month or so. No, it's been a while. For the, well, it, it has been a while. So. Yeah, but that doesn't it mean... It doesn't have to have come Christ out this week. You. Will you just sleep together and get it, <laughs> get it over with? Tom. Sexual tensions. There's nothing sexual it's about like, the tension. It's like it's like being on a, a, the, uh, like a stage presentation of moonlighting. Watching you two... I'm Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this, hey, just because you're as bald as Bruce Willis... Oh, ow. Doesn't... Uh, damn. Hey, let's talk about... Let's right. talk about comic books. You brought it up. <laughs> Mr. Caters, what is your top of the stack? Uh, I had um, a space-themed week this week. Uh, I read a couple of... Uh, one trade that I've had, actually, for a really long time, and I lost and then found again, which was First in Space by James uh, Vining from uh, Oni. And uh, something I just recently picked up, Astronaut Dad. Wow. Uh, written by David Hopkins with art by Brent Schoonover. And we know Brent. Yeah, we do. Yeah. He's a nice guy. It doesn't, refl- it doesn't mean I have to like... That's why I like this, though. No. No. Because it could suck. Yeah, it could suck. And now that now everyone we know is an RSU, I don't mention their stuff right. I think, I think their stuff sucks, <laughs> which maybe <laughs> Maybe I do. it does. I yeah. um, both are about the space program in the... Uh, Late fifties, early sixties, in the race to get to space. What um, is the space race you speak of? Uh, there's uh, the Cold War. Are you familiar? <laughs> For the young people, <laughs> Does anyone remember when we used to have enemies that had countries like the Soviet Union? What? You know, Soviet Union. Soviet <laughs> Union. You're okay, making that up. Like, yeah, I know. What is this made-up country you talk about? The continuity is all fucked up. But uh, astronaut dad. Uh, which is out, it's uh, from Silent Devil. It's like a tiny little digest-sized book. Mm. Um, Perfect for reading on the train, I found. Yeah, for the least amount of shame. How about the can? Um, is it good for reading? No, nah, it's not good for that. No, no, I don't. You might drop it in. Defiles it. Yeah, it could, uh, it could slip between you. Uh, it's about a 
It's about a family who moves to uh, Houston, and uh, the kid thinks that his dad is a reserve astronaut, but really his dad is like a secret astronaut. That Ooh. while the public program to race to you know race to get someone in orbit, there's a secret program of people going up and spying on the Soviet Union that isn't publicized. So his dad is actually an astronaut but doesn't have any of like the fame or anything kind of right, a spy right. too yeah he's not one of the celebrity yeah he's uh, not your you know, britney your spears friend. astronaut yeah, not one of those types <laughs> but uh it not, yeah. it takes place you know it takes place in the 50s and they do a great job <clears throat> of not like they just say the, the date and then the art conveys also that it's in the 50s it doesn't beat you over the head with like right. 50s references that like this is where it's taking place um the main theme of it is basically the son sort of figures out that his dad is not just like a reserve astronaut and him having to deal with like thinking one thing about someone that you know that you think you know really well and you think you love and he was a little like shameful that his dad wasn't like a real astronaut and right. coming to terms with the fact that his dad is you know something he you know he was a bit ashamed that he felt the way that, he did about he felt the way yeah. about his dad and that's the man story but that's a story about his three families you know follows like the son is sort of has a crush on the daughter of another family and then there's like a young married couple that doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the astronauts because mm -hmm. they're a little bit younger and uh i thought it was actually quite quite touching yeah there's a little that. coming of age story in there yeah you know. and a little bit about you know the nature of like self-sacrifice like there's a great scene with the the dad like before he goes off uh, up into space you know and at that time you have to remember and at this time i mean space travel is dangerous mm -hmm. you know even more back then where people you know entire programs were wiped out by one sure. accident where everyone would die so before he goes up you know he's talking to the younger guy and he's like you know you would you know i'm gonna lie to you and tell you that it's not harder to go up if you have a family and you know he's like looking at a picture of his family and you know concerned about that but that was the first one and i really loved it and the second volume's coming out in summer so i look forward to some of that black and white the question not to sound stupid at all yeah. but uh the 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 idea that um there was the secret space race i don't know if that's true or not. yeah i was wondering if that is based on any Maybe. actual fact <gasps> i mean it sounds like something that would have would have happened, but yeah, but, I, I, I mean, but they I were so embroiled bit. in the race itself. You would think that, yeah. But there's, I mean, you never know. It actually gets into a little bit with my second pick, which oh. is first in space, uh, which deals with the U.S. launching a chimp into space, like mm. the factual story about the first ape that goes into space. And uh, this book's written for a little younger crowd. It's more of an all ages type book. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit. There's a monkey dies at one point. Oh. So like if you have like a like a five year old, and it's a little disturbing. So maybe not. You know, it's not graphic. The, the, the monkey dies violently. <laughs> heroin overdose. Oh, stress of the space good. program. Uh, and for the first two thirds of the book, or the eh, probably like the first half, I was like, eh, it's you know, it's I, I like the art and I like the story, but I'm like, it's a little dry. I mean, it's just the story about a monkey going into space. But then they sort of introduce the idea of they give the ape a character a little bit. Like they have a scene where he has a dream, you know, about the way his life, you know, when he gets Should have been. He got captured. <laughs> and you sort of I mean it's not overboard. It's not like they give you know him some Disney, ape name yeah, that right. his parents called him when he has like a talking <laughs> parrot Chimpy. that hangs out. You know it, it's very nicely done just to give that uh, give the ape enough character that you <clears> care about him coming back. And uh, and the end is really fucking sad. 
Oh. Yeah, but very true. I mean, so <laughs> that might make your kid cry. <laughs> I, I mean, this was all factual, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. Because if you right. want to go, look, you know, it's all already out there. I mean, the ape ends up in the 70s just in this shitty zoo in Washington, D.C. Hero ape left in a well, shitty like, zoo. Well, like the whole time you have him with this trainer, and the trainer gets very attached to the ape, and everyone's really cheering, you know, they sure. become very attached to him, and they um, they almost do treat him like a hero because it meant that they had now passed, you know, the Soviet Union. Right. They're going to be able to pass the Soviet Union. And then you get this scene where they're in a zoo with all these kids, and the kids are like, oh, why would they send a monkey into space? Like, sort of how fast people forget how important a bit of the, uh, the trappings of fame, yeah, for, trapping, even yeah, for a for chimp. An, even for an ape, and it was a little <laughs> sad. But uh, it was a really fast read. I, I read it in one sitting, and for a kid, you know, I thought, you know. A little, little history. Yeah, little, uh, a little history. Little art. I always liked fun. astronauts. Learn yeah. a little bit about the circle of life. Yeah, you, uh, and it, the circle of life. <laughs> yes, uh, you learn rocket a little. Boosters you, and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that. You know, rocket. You know, you have a kid who likes rockets. You learn a little bit about American history. Are Sweet. you going to read uh, Laika, the book about the Russian dog? No. No, because <laughs> he's an American. American. He's a true American. Soviet Union never really went into space. Oh man! Saying. As if we have some communist listener who's like, <laughs> I cannot believe. <laughs> How do you understand what you said? Sputnik. That was my Damn space you. week. Very nice. Yeah, and it was just. Did you go and watch the right stuff afterwards? <laughs> no, it was oh. weird because I just had the. I picked this one up and I read it and I was like, ah, oh, might as well read this one about space too. You, oh, I read. I read Astronaut Dad too. Um, uh, I I did enjoy it also. And it's just the the first of two parts, correct? The uh, right. yep. there's a second volume coming out uh, a little bit later <laughs> in this the summer. Year. I said I, I mentioned that. Yep. I believe. Does anyone talk? Does Where anyone are we recording from something? again? <laughs> yeah, did we, really <laughs> we need to work on our fucking listening skills. Well, <laughs> I got headphones on. I can't hear what you're yeah. saying. I've got head cold. All right, cool. I quit Whatever. smoking. <laughs> everyone has an excuse except me. I guess I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, Get a vice and quit it, and then we'll pay attention. <laughs> Mr. Young, what have you been up, up to, Carol. sir? I read a couple books this week, but nothing. There's nothing, nothing to talk about. <laughs> They're not. They weren't. I won't. I don't want to say what they are. And TV I don't. Guy. It, it'd just be me saying bad stuff about them. So, but you tried. I did try. And you know I, what? I read That's no novels really this week. I actually, I went through. <laughs> My nightstand has about five trades sitting on it, and I've just There's been nothing angry grabbed you. this week. No, it's it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. You can't find one, <laughs> one trade to read that you enjoy. I mean, I've read a bunch of stuff lately that I have enjoyed. It's just you'd think there'd Bad be run. some more out there, right? I don't well, know. You, know. you need to take a step away from the... Um, the adaptations of the babysitter novel books. Why? I mean, because I feel you keep reading them, thinking like the next one's going to be the one where. But it will. I have faith. <laughs> I mean, Janice is a pretty good character. There's going to be. There's going to the secret passage. Hey, babysitting man, it's tough. <laughs> no, Kids get yeah, up to just, shenanigans. Uh, there just hasn't. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I I read a bunch of different stuff this week, but. I wouldn't call it top of anything. <laughs> oh. Top of all right. Nightstand. Move along. Move along. All right, then. Mr. Salazar. Yes. Tell me. Tell me. Uh, you like something? Yes. The uh, I read uh, uh, the Escapist. I, I got the, uh, the the new hardcover edition of the, the Brian K. Vaughn <clears throat> miniseries Escape. Yes, based on the uh, Michael Chabon Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Amazing Adventures of. Cavalier and Clay. Uh, this That's is a pause. yes. This okay. is um, which I've never been able to finish the book, 
But really, yeah, I've tried like two or three times to to get through it, and I just can't. I, that's next on my list. I think of books to read. Did you ever mm-hmm. finish I Am Legend? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did finish I Am Legend, and I finished the first Joe Pitt book too. Oh, so. Good shit. I've caught up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Way to go. Anyway, The Escapist is uh, Brian K. Vaughn, and there's uh, a few artists. Uh, Jason Sean Alexander and Ed- Eduardo Beretta work on it with some covers by uh, Brian Bolin, Philip Bond, Cassidy, I think, did covers. And they have all the, because this was originally released Frank in Miller some issues. Frank Miller did a cover. Um, James, James Jean, Jean uh, Alex Ross. Anyway, uh, this is basically. Um, a story about uh, a, a kid who um, finds out that his father, after his father passes away, finds out that his father was a huge fan of this 1940s pulp comic book hero, The, the Escapist. Um, and uh, after after his parents pass away, he decides that he wants to uh, bring The Escapist back, so he takes his inheritance money and he buys the rights to... Uh, to the escapist, Seems and like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, it's kind of it's kind of like buying a racehorse. <laughs> and uh, uh, with uh, a friend of his, and and uh, and, a, and another, well, a couple of friends of his, they they start this comic, and uh, and they start to try and do some some interesting marketing things to try and get some some uh, notoriety for for the return of the escapist, and uh, it's um, it's kind of intercut with. What were you know hypothetically the the actual pages from the new comic, which are drawn by Sean Alexander or I'm sorry Jason Alexander, which are phenomenal. Uh, Jason Alexander's art is awesome. The the I, I almost at some point wish that the whole thing was just an actual escapist story drawn by him because his stuff is so good. Uh, but but it's cut back and forth and it's very well written. It, it's sort of a love letter to Silver Age. And Golden Age comics by Brian K. Vaughn, and, and at the same time he sort of an open letter of frustration. Yeah, yeah, industry. exactly. He kind of um, yeah goes over some of the things that uh, frustrate you know I think all of us fans, creators, and you know a lot of people in the industry and outside of the industry, um, the, some of the things that really frustrate us about comics. But uh, but at the same time he goes over a lot of things that we love about comics, and um, and it was just a really well written, well produce story um a lot of the pages that are supposed to be the actual pages from the book don't have dialogue or have dialogue from the characters uh the other characters in the book the, the characters that the are writer writing and the, the artist uh, yeah. yeah that was probably my favorite um, with, when they're the when they're talking or, or interacting and, and but the pages you're reading are, are from the escapist and um, it, you know, it's nothing. It wasn't anything like mind blowing or you know any sort of revolutionary. It was just a very solid, very well done little story, and uh, um, I I just really enjoyed it. You yeah. talk about uh, Jason Alexander's art in this, and it was it was so stunning that you fell in love with the book that they were doing, and you were rooting for them so much. You know, for their for their vision of the escapist to be successful in the in in the scope of the story. Now you, you kind of get an idea. Fairly early on, probably what's going to happen, but, but yeah, I mean it's I mean it's not like yeah, the story isn't anything you know complex, and and you pretty much know where it's going. Uh, it, it's just sort of uh, it, it was very interesting in how it was done and how it, the story was told, and you know you you get to like the characters um, and uh, are certainly rooting for them to succeed, even though in the back of your mind you kind of know they're not going to. Mm-hmm. But uh, but overall, it was just uh, it was just a good story. Um, uh, the the only thing that has ever, and this has sort of bugged me about the entire escapist thing, um, <laughs> is that 
Michael Chabon just cannot lay we, off we, we a little it. bit. We yeah, it's it. like everybody knows the Escapist is not a real uh, superhero from the 1940s. It never existed, and it was only existed in your book. And but it's like he just cannot ever just back off a little bit with that you know it's like he, he constantly has to pound that in your even the introduction is not an intro, it isn't an introduction it's a story about sam clay the fictional character from cavalier and clay meeting brian k vaughn at a convention when brian k vaughn is a, a small child so it's like everything he does in and that's always sort of bothered me a little bit for some reason yeah. it's like a um, comedian or an actor that never breaks character well, well, well yeah. on one hand it's it's very cool i like yeah. the idea that he's brought the, the characters from his novel into comics and has kept that thing alive uh but yeah at some point it's just like okay i i i get it i get you know yeah <laughs> i already yeah no, you know what I, mean? I already bought it but uh but this was really good it was just a very solid uh very solid story yeah it's uh in the hardcover, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, Dark Horse yeah. Comics. Um, it's a, sort of a small format. It's it's a little smaller than a mm-hmm. size of a novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Exact exactly. size of a novel. Yeah, yeah. I think I tra- you can pick it up at uh, plug or novel sponsor. about a character who's in stock not trades. real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fictional. I think I checked it. You can get it in stock for like twelve bucks. There you go. And that's uh, that was good. Also, um, uh, for anyone else out there that would be interested about the Escapist, the uh, the little prestige books that they came out with, I, I thought were phenomenal. And, and a lot of great almost Will Eisner's all, final story mm-hmm. is in yeah almost one of little them. anthologies all about uh, the escape of yeah it's a bunch it's a, they're, they're, they're collections of uh, I said I don't want to buy it of uh, <laughs> different artists and writers writing um, or doing uh, uh, yeah. escapist stories I buy all my stuff based on whether it's popular <laughs> of course you do if all right that's it from me it. Chris pick one oh man Jesus you had Christ. all this time. This is theatric. This is so theatrical. You know, you know. Every Friday, you know, we do this, right? You've only been doing this for like two years now. But every, there were like top four of the stack, really good things every, that I yeah, read well, pick, this week. The, what was the best one? Pick one. Okay, your turn's over, Tom. <laughs> the okay. goon. The right. goon number twenty. There you go. There, see, and I, I like that. You put pressure on him. I got to. <laughs> this is the slimline format of Chris doing top of the stack, where you have to Jesus. press him into sixteen pages. <laughs> so no ads. No ads here. Production. Um, yeah, this is uh, Eric Powell's return to the the regular ongoing series of the Goon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Chinatown uh, a few weeks ago, and how much I really enjoyed that that graphic novel that he had done. Yep. And uh, he he actually talks about that a little bit in the letters column about which I found interesting because mm-hmm. he did, never really did the letter columns. It was always Dwight T. Albatross. Yeah. And now in this one, he's doing the letter columns. He's, I wonder if he's going to continue to do that. I, I, I hope so because I, I thought they were you know, entertaining of their own. But you know, he talks about how he was a little worried about uh, existing fans of the Goon picking up Chinatown and and not not accepting it as being more of a serious tone book because Chinatown was a, more of a serious noir tale. Well, this is not. This goes right back into. Uh, classic goon uh, jokes and punchlines that uh, I probably haven't laughed out loud while reading a comic in, in a while. Creep, and this one creepy. Yeah, Does your wife like walk into your room and say, "Why are you laughing so high?" Oh no, I was not. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> it was there was some yeah. really funny. Actually, some of the best dialogue I think he's written. Yeah, for the goon, uh, there was some really funny stuff in there. I, I, 
we were talking about this uh, this old friend of of Marta's who would keep meeting these crazy women and. It would just, you know, he he would go out, and these women that he would date were just crazy. And and I take, you know, I I told her one of the the goons' line whenever Frankie is uh is is telling one of his his you know ex, his ex uh, uh, one night stands to beat it, and uh, and the goon says, you know, I told you, I told you not to be bedding no crazy dames. Crazy follows you home. And yes, it does follow you. I, I thought that was just a, a great line, and it's just you know one one great goon line after the other. You know, kind of continues the the friendship between Goon and Frankie. And also a new colorist. Um, oh, Dave Stewart. Dave yes. Stewart colored this. Dave Stewart's going to color everything someday. He should. <laughs> he could. Much. And, uh, and <laughs> he could. I wish he he would has color. eight arms. I wish he would color my life. Oh, that's kind of... Is that sad? In a way, it's that melancholy? In a way, know. he already does. Yeah. Oh, oh. that brings it back up. Oh, and there are um, <laughs> there are some... Uh, okay. some, some <laughs> speaking of the letters column... Some what, hot broads in there's there. There's some hot broads yeah. with, goon, with goon tattoos. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And, uh, I like that. <laughs> but tell you what, um, we recorded Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. one of the things that, I, that I that I did kind of feel while I was reading this is that if you've never read The Goon, you could pick this up and jump right into it. it you know, I feel like you could do that with any issue of The Goon. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. such a yeah. loose. It's such a loose. Goon and Frankie are friends, and they get in. And Goon is a gangster, and they get into crazy, crazy things going on. And there's always kind of a tinge of the supernatural, and it's usually very laugh out loud funny. And uh, and yeah, so I that, did that feel was, though that there was a bit more um, meat. Can I see this happen? Yeah, a little bit more meat. You know, like we had talked about when you talked about the green hardcovers, that it seemed can, like he was trying to set up a like little bit so that, that he could move <laughs> move forward a little bit with the goon uh, and try and evolve it a little bit. And I thought that this issue seemed like a bit more than than the previous goon. I think he's issues. turned into a much better writer. He's always been yeah. he's always been able to tell a fun story. But yeah, I think he's I think. Um, Everything that he went Honing through, his doing, craft. yeah, doing 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 uh, a, a project like Chinatown, I think probably made him well, probably learned work a lot, some, work I'm some sure. muscles he hasn't yeah. before. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it was good. I did like it. It was there was two or three moments in it where I laughed laughed at it. And I, think I actually kind of laughed. Crazy follows you home. So. Looking oh, at that wasn't girls. one of them, but oh, there, I, was I, some, I, there was a couple of them. Looking at these girls with tattoos. What this one? Well, girls with tattoos. But I was gonna say Which I would one? give more credit to the one to the girls that only have a goon tattoo as opposed to the one who has a thousand tattoos in one house. And a little be, goon. Yeah, I mean, because at some point you'll get around to the goon. <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're big enough. If you're, yeah, if you're big enough, you you're gonna skin. run out of shit. You know, somebody has my signature tattooed on them. Really? Really? They showed up. At and a, her name is Casey. They showed up at a convention with uh, a guy or a girl. Uh, a guy one year uh, he showed up at the convention with a sketch I did for him the previous year tattooed on his leg then he said would you mind doing a big signature for me I on the and I did that and they and tattooed it there are probably 35 photos that I've gotten in emails of tattoos that I've well I can understand you know art that you've done taking that and and turning it in but your signature is a little it's wild wow yeah that's a little out there man that's like wow do you have any tattoos yeah they're shit yeah they're shit ones Uh, just got barbed wire all over his body (laughs) tribals and barbed wire I mean uh, you know I'm from the north but the rebel flag's so cool (laughs) (laughs) I'm a rebel I mean I got a toothpick now buddy I can do that we're gonna go and buy some very expensive chewing sticks later, though. Yeah, chewing sticks. Gourmet, gourmet, the gourmet, gourmet toothpicks. All right, round two. Ding. Jeez, I'm gonna do a fast one. 
right, quick, quick. quick. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, the 12. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not, I never go long. The 12 uh, by J. Michael Straczynski and uh, Chris Weston, oh. uh, which surprised me. Uh, it's from Marvel. It deals with uh, some Golden Age Marvel characters who are frozen by Nazis and wake up in modern day. America and you know how how you know how that that's goes. just crazy. I know, isn't it? But it's great, <laughs> and I love because I love sort of World War II characters. You so this not. is sort of in my. It, 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 you stop it, <laughs> Scotty! You're crazy, man. <laughs> you're gonna follow sorry, me home. I'm sorry, I, didn't <laughs> no, you're I, I follow you home, crazy. <laughs> oh my god. I got your face tattooed on my chest. On my tit. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, you too. Back to the 12. <laughs> two, two pages in, whenever there's a guy that's wearing a shark helmet, you know that Tom's going to wipe I was like, yeah, of course you'd wear a shark helmet. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that um, he, uh, JMS did a pretty good job of not... It would be really easy to make this sort of like a JSA-type book, but he sort of skirts the line and definitely gives it more of a Marvel feel to the characters. I was a little concerned when they had the one character who's, like, homophobic. I'm like, every single time you have a goddamn book about anyone from the 40s, you have to have one guy who's, like, latently... Well, it was, like, one out of 12 pers- people in the 40s yeah, I mean, I would be homophobic. statistically hom- it's true, but it's, like, <laughs> seriously... Wait, which, like, which, which guy is homophobic? Dyna- dynamic man who's yeah. homophobic slash possibly a closeted... Well, yeah, he's, he's closet, closet gay. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> well. a little, when I first read that, I was like, oh, God. You know, I feel like every time yeah, I read... the 40s. Yeah, every time I read a book, it's like, hey, it's the 40s. we didn't talk about this back then. Let's include this in the story. Uh, but they did a, he surprised me a little bit by um, setting up the story and giving it an end that actually intrigued me to keep reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think many of these characters are actually going to be sticking around. Which I think is kind long. of a shame. Because I, I almost, I have, right, there's a couple things I want to say. I, I, re- I read it too and I liked it. But there was... Two moments in the book that I was disappointed at the where the story sto- changed because yeah. the story changed. Yet I still liked it in the end, which was really strange. But I am kind of thinking, oh yeah, they're not going to stick around. But that's kind of a shame because it is sort of it would be an opportunity for Marvel to sort of have, have their own JSA. Yeah, but the thing is, you're never going to have you're not. They're not so, iconic enough to be respected like the JSA is. Well, no, it's not that. It's like the. It's obviously set up for a twelve-issue story. This is the very. This is very much the first chapter of a trade. Sure. Very enjoyable, but still mm-hmm. very much just the first part of a story. And these characters are so, like, who knew that these characters existed? I Do mean, they really? Yeah, they're all. Are, are they all? Yeah. Were they, were like, they timely, timely or yeah, they yeah. all. They were all actual. Okay, characters. they all were actual. I wasn't sure. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want them to pull a uh, pull a, uh, a 1940s century on me and then start jamming these characters in my face. Well, no, saying no, that, like this uh, character is important. Right. You right. should care about them now. I, but we skipped I, all the stuff where yes. you actually developed. Well, that's things. why I was dis- yeah. disappointed that it didn't just stay in the 40s. Because I, I was like, at first, I'm like, oh, this is it's awesome. It's really hard to manufacture. It's hard. It's hard to manufacture. Like uh, Roy Thomas could have done 50 it. 50 years of a character. Roy sort of Thomas being could around. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roy Tam- Thomas could. Take I heard those that characters. when it's all done, uh, JMS is uh, not asking to have his name removed, but asking the editors to jumble up all the letters in his yeah. name <laughs> and just randomly put them on there. This book's by M. Jekyllstrasinski. Yeah, M. Yeah. Like a, so it's like a fun game, like Boggle. Yeah. J. Strack Michaelzinski. Yeah. Um, I like. Um, 
uh, speaking of the of the cover and the uh, boobies jumbled up uh, oh. <laughs> letters, Sorry. but um, thought it was interesting how it's described uh, a thrilling novel of tomorrow. They're already calling it a novel, so you know this is one this more day novel of tomorrow. <laughs> novel of tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I'm, really, I'm looking for continuity yes. problems starting now. <laughs> I swear to God, if they dick around with uh, the laughing mask. Do you think? Uh, do you think that robot's going to come back at some point and cause problems? Yeah, they don't foreshadow that at all. You, no, it's true. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean yeah. again, it's like the first, I don't like think that have, anything could go wrong. The 1940s group, and you're just introducing them. You have to have um, you have to have three things. You have to have a homophobic man who might be homosexual, a robot of some type who's uh, menacing, and like a hot female Very. who's more dangerous than she looks. <laughs> with a goofy name. <laughs> well, with a goofy name. Clairvoyant. And a bunch of, you know. I, was, I, was, I did like it, though. I did, uh, yeah, I did. it was good. I, I, I mean, think, speaking of, the, of, of the, the hot gal, did you see the very disturbing and, and creepy picture of the Nazi um, cop in a feel? Yes. Uh, I passed right over it. Didn't so, see it as they they go into the cryo chamber. No, I you don't see that type of shit. I don't notice that kind of disgusting. I almost behavior put it down. Nazis. <laughs> I pretty much ignore anything a Nazi does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as I just, uh, I picked up the. Uh, it's not pro Nazi. I, <laughs> I picked up the Agents of Atlas deluxe hardcover oh, uh, over the holidays. Stuff. That's good golden age it stuff too. Also has a menacing robot and a female more dangerous. <laughs> Is there any homophobia in that? Mm. I think Parker avoids that. It's so homophobic, nope. there's not even the homophobia. <laughs> no, no, one mentions mentions no one mentions gay. <laughs> but I, I'm, really, I'm really glad I put off reading Agents of Atlas until the deluxe hardcover came out. But I liked the first issue of the 12, and I know I'm going to regret buying this in single issues because you know that they're going to come out with the, an awesome deluxe hardcover of this. Well, just keep buying it so I can read it. Okay. That's all. I'll do that. Okay. I'll, do, I'll take one for the team. Good. Who's next? Scotty. No. You didn't read anything no. since the last time we got to you. Yes, no. Uh, I, I just know. go... Uh, I finished Preacher. Didn't get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Sh- I picked up... Uh, and I had already read this, uh, but I picked up the trade. You son of a bitch. I know. Uh, You're throwing off all the numbers. Shadow Pact, um, Volume 1 by Billingham. Billingham. I, I just call him Billingham. Billingham. <laughs> I think that he should is, change his name. That's presumptuous, Bill- my friend. <laughs> Billingham. Bill Willingham uh, and a handful Wild of- Bill Willingham is what I call him. <laughs> Wild Bill. Um, and we were talking about this last week, Tom. That, that Shadow Pack's sort of an underrated book, I think, or an un- sort of you underappreciated know a little bit because it's not tied into whatever people are complaining about. So <laughs> there's no one complaining about so this no book. No one's complaining about. We need it. to start complaining about it, and then it'll get no. People- you got to get popular, and then people. Oh. Complain about it. Uh, for those that may not know, um, Shadow Pack came out of the uh, the whole. Day of, uh, Day of Vengeance thing, which was really good too, um, and they're sort of like all the different mystical characters in the DC g- that got together and they fight other magical creatures and yeah. investigate it's pretty funny magic. It is, it's funny. The art's good. Um, you know, it, it's. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it. I mean, other than there's a talking chimp and detective like, chimp is in it. And detective chimp with and, a talking. Oh, you like you're, and Blue, you're Devil. A Blue Devil. Fan, I like yeah. Blue Devil. So detective chimp is a talking chimp that wears a Sherlock Holmes hat. Yes, and is unashamed of it. Yeah, no, unabashed. Which I he, he <laughs> um, it's like homophobia. But if you, ha- I mean, it's it's just a solid book. I mean, it's just a solid, fun read. Um, you know, there's nothing too serious it's in it. Those... It's just one of those kind of good. Uh, not it's not necessarily books. superhero. I mean, it kind of is, but it's magic. more magic. It's and just a fun about comic magic. Book. It's just a simply fun. That would be a book I would recommend to those people who like to read who um, like. 
like big two superhero comic books but don't want to read something that they have to read a thousand other things to get. Like this book doesn't cross over with right. anything. You're not and it's to, its own thing. To the detriment of its sales, perhaps. <laughs> it's not been tied in with anything else. But it's very much its own creature. You can read it. Right. You don't need to know anything about the characters because yeah, the characters haven't had a ton of of history mm-hmm. don't have and they go through some of it and sort of you yeah. know i mean they they kind of redefine a lot of the characters yeah. and um yeah it's just it's just good solid stuff yeah. Rag Man's so go Rag check Man. it out Rag go buy it a cool character. it's like 12 bucks or something all right it's 15 but yeah well yeah. What? so what if you can buy you a 12 dollar book you can buy a 15 too cheap to fork over three extra bucks yeah <laughs> so we'll go get billingham shadow pack all right, uh, another. Uh, yeah, I think I'm yeah. throw in a couple other uh, books of note. Uh, <laughs> books of note. That's the new section of the show. Books, books of, of note. note. Top Next of the stack. Books of books note. Books of note. What do you got? Uh, uh, I want to talk about the end. I want to talk about the end. Oh, was it as good as Watchmen meets Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, <laughs> it had and it had Jaws in it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, Rick. Had to, had uh, to no, do but it. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's and that's kind of you know the trap that it's like, oh, this is going to be the greatest book ever, and I, I consciously didn't go into it going, this is going to be the greatest book ever, and <laughs> well, thank God <laughs> you said that out loud because he's done I that. To, he's you, done because Remender's done that to you before. He's told yeah. you this is going to be the greatest book ever, Chris, and you went he, into it. Well, he did that with Fury, and you went into it thinking it, it was going to be. Chris looks the sound and goes, "This is going to be the best book ever," and then opens to the first page. <laughs> It begins reading. Ooh, it's starting off well. Um, and speaking of starting off, that that's what I actually didn't like about uh, the end week. I thought that the first Whoa. the first um, quarter of the book was was a little heavy handed in yeah. its setup. It, it felt like the the opening of of a really long opening to like a Terminator you know, movie. You know, it's like in a world. It, what it had was it has the trap of what people whenever people want to do a story with a character like Superman, so mm-hmm. they think, well, it's going to be a shortcut. Because I'm going to use someone who's like Superman. So but then they spend like. yeah. as much time as it would take Defining to make a new character yeah. to say how this person's different from mm-hmm. Superman. Mm-hmm. So like the you know it's like here's someone who's like the Flash, but it's not like the Flash. It's, and, this is why. and here's why you know. And it's like well then skip the part mm-hmm. where you're making. It doesn't have to be like Superman to work. So don't. I, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Well, this is this is a, this is obviously a setup issue, yeah. and I think that he was very conscious of doing all of the setup in the first issue so he could get it out of the way, and now he can tell his story. And it is jam packed. There's a lot of stuff going on, but the you know, the basic idea is that it's post apocalyptic. Uh, the majority of the people on the planet Earth have superpowers now, and the good people. The or the good heroes are in hiding yeah. because they kind of got their it's asses Mad kicked. Mad Max meets Top Ten <laughs> meets Watchmen uh-huh. and a little quest for fire with a, quest for with fire. a dash of and Tarzan. Yeah, and they have to go on a quest to Tarzan. find Thor's hammer. Uh, the the second half of the book, once you kind of got into the setup, I really enjoyed, and I'm looking forward to the second issue. So you know what that book could use some creative back matter. Something mm-hmm. to tell backstory without literally having to be the characters. Yeah, like Watchmen, you where you're yeah. you know, reading the. Because I felt like I read a. Ton. Then it really would be like Watchmen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I felt like I read a ton and knew not a lot about actually what the characters were like. Besides mm-hmm. that, two of them knew were more lesbians. about the world. Yeah, and uh, I was just sort of like the history of it. It was too much, really. I mean, you know, compared 
something like this compared to Pax Romana, Romana which came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And I think Jonathan Hickman did a really awesome part where there's, there's a scene where it's just four characters talking. And he didn't dick around with having to make an issue of four characters sitting around because he designed it in such a way. He just had transcripts of, of the conversation, <laughs> which was fine because I didn't need to see a face saying that. Right. You know, like, you don't need to I see like a bunch of word balloons. Because I got a ton of information and it filled in all the stuff, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was all jammed up. All, I wasn't getting jammed. You were getting jammed all day. I wasn't day. getting jammed all day. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it has potential. I, I didn't really like the first issue all that much. It's like, that's what I'm trying to say. Sorry, Chris. No, that's, no. <laughs> that's shit I you can only like things that I like. Um, yeah. No, I, I definitely... I, I definitely saw, well, I saw the I saw the faults in it, but I'm intrigued enough to pick up the second issue, and I I think that it... I think it has a neat story to tell, so we'll see. Is I'll, it I'll, an, I'll update a, a finite series? Or yeah, it's 12 issues. 12 issues. Bi-monthly. Maxi. Oh, really? Bi-monthly? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So yeah, right. we got two years of it ahead. Wow, I gotta wait a long time for the trade. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I'll, up, cover, I'll update you by month. Okay, let me. Something. All right, um, Tom, you got anything else? Nah, I picked the stuff. I Man, just want. I, I, I'm not going to talk about it. Well, I'm just going to mention something. I got uh, the, the the brand new day, Amazing Spider-Man. I liked it. Uh, congrats! You know, congratulations, Joe Quesada. For uh, getting rid of that stupid I marriage, a, I the brand new one day spot. or the one more day? Brand, brand new day. Is that out already? The, yeah, yeah, the, the first came out this week. week. Came out yeah. this week. Who, three times, uh, three times uh, who the hell did? No, no, uh, no. Michello. This is the uh, no, no. Uh, Dan Slot and uh, Mc, Slot, Mc, McNiven. McNiven. Yeah. Uh, who does a damn fine J. Jonah Jameson? Well, yeah. I actually have one thing I want to mention quick to you, and this will be more about my answer, man. For everyone who's sending me emails about Teen Titans Year One. And how you're supposed to be mad that they're using I IMs? Please list. You know, actually, you would have already heard this. Yeah, no, was, I'll it save it for the week after because okay. I'm still going to be angry. <laughs> so I'm still going to yell at you, whoever well, sent me those emails. <laughs> I, uh, like, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. I just liked it and I thought it was good. And I don't really give a shit that uh, they fucked around and got rid of the marriage and all that stupid. I don't really care. It was a good. I read it for what it was. It was. A, it how was many, a good Spider-Man story. How many copies am I supposed to burn? Eleven, I think, okay. is the over/under is if, ten. Uh, how, so. If I like it, how many do I send back to Joe Casada? <laughs> Jesus, Christ. I couldn't believe when somebody posted that on the forum. I'm like, really? People are doing that. People, People are burning, doing that. buying it, and then burning it. No offense to anyone who did it, but you're probably going to take offense. No, you will take offense to this, but that's something a child does to a toy when they're having a hissy fit. Sorry. When you rip something, oh, I don't like this. I'm going to rip it up. I couldn't believe that people were... I think, I was just like, I think the funniest thing is the company's... Uh, Marvel's... Everybody up at Marvel sitting there laughing our asses you off. You bought going, it and ripped it. <laughs> you, you paid for it, yeah, dipshit. Thanks. I'm everyone who's booked... If you really want to make a statement... Don't fucking buy it. Wow. Um, But, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get into it because it's just a big stupid mess of drama that doesn't matter. But But, uh, I just wanted to say I I liked it, and I'm glad that they did it because... Everybody will be glad. Yeah. They can bitch right now. Everybody will be glad. Yeah. I mean, you've been talking about this week about Marvel's kind of... uh, Rebooting. They're rebooting a lot of stuff. Well, you got a new Hulk. New Cap's coming. How did you like the new Hulk? I liked it. It was all right. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think that's going to be the Hulk forever. Uh, what? You know, but I I thought the it was Red okay. Hulk's not going to be. Well, in the movie. But I'm biased because anything with Doc Samson, 
I'm pretty much going to like. I like you are Doc. totally. I'm a big Doc I really, I am really like Ed McGinnis's uh, She-Hulk. He draws She-Hulk great. Yeah, I like the art. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, they're kind of rebooting everything. You got a new Hulk, new Cap. Oh, spoilers! I got bitched at on the forum because I didn't. Because I guess these are spoilers. Uh, I didn't know too. Wolverine's kind of uh, revamped Chains a little bit. He's a woman bit. now. He's a woman. Um, he, has a, he has a. He has cock claws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four is probably going to get a whole new thing. I mean, they're getting a whole new look. Edgy. It's probably going to be a little edgy. <laughs> you think? That's that might be. Uh, you got Ghost kind, Rider has got a bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Um, He's neither a ghost else? nor a writer. Cap's still dead. Well, the whole X Men franchise. The whole X Men franchise. But they're kind of doing else it. Are scrolls. And you're kind of they're they're kind of doing it. I don't want to say sneaky, but it's like they're not doing a big event that changes everything. They're just having to do a big event. Five events that are just... Well, no, not, actually, I mean, like, actually, they did. You just didn't notice. Yeah. I suppose. It got lost X-Men with X-Men is a big event. Messiah well, yeah, but they haven't changed anything yet. They, well, it's not, it's not one person. <laughs> I suppose. But, I mean, it was. it's not like a big like crisis event where all of a sudden everything is getting rebooted. Imagine, even though all these characters start, you know, especially like Cap, Hulk... Uh, Spider-Man, they're like brand new characters. Imagine you know. how angry people would get if those were all in the same comic. Oh my Imagine god! Imagine yeah. you couldn't tear it enough. <laughs> you couldn't burn how enough. Many t- how many times can you tear a page? <laughs> uh, so the anyway, Diamond Shredder wouldn't do it. Yeah. That's it. That's all, right. all I got. Couple, oh, okay, couple, here we go. Couple quick notes. Books uh, of note. Books the, uh, can we have a music? I need. Yeah, I think I have to create a books. No. Of books. Oh, of no, it'll notes. be like this. Wah, wah, wah. Books, books of, of note. note. <laughs> 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 uh, the comics journal number two eighty seven <laughs> came out. <laughs> we did that right before the comics <laughs> um, Jeffrey Brown is the feature interview. In this, and uh, it, Jeffrey's uh, been on the show a few times, and uh, I, I thought it was so nice that I came, picked up uh, my copy of the com- comics journal, and it already had a Jeffrey Brown sketch. In it, oh well, cool. and there's also a 22-page Greg Rock. You won't get that anywhere else but Dark Tower. What? Yes, a sketch. I'm just letting people know. Don't expect if you go and buy the comics Jeffrey journal. Jeffrey Brown didn't go to. Yeah, he didn't go to all of them. <laughs> he didn't sign them all. Don't put that box on that truck yet. I haven't finished. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to let people know because the way you said it was like you're gonna get one. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, actually, if if you if you shop at Dark Tower Comics Collectibles, because yes. Jeffrey uh, shops here. Okay, uh, books of note is over. Book, wah, 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 books of and Darwin Cook. Finished up the spirit. Thank you. Darwin Cook I'm did done. finish up the spirit. Issue. It was a great issue and a great twelve note. issues. See, uh, fantastic. Well, yeah, but again. we don't. I... Hey, well, you only got so much time, man. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Under the porno section. <laughs> All right, that'll take care of our comic talk. Now it's to our, <gasps> our free pop culture. Pop pop. What you got, Thomas? Thomas? I I've been watching the first season of Dexter. Dexter from Showtime. Serial killer. Uh, How far are you into it? I'm. I just finished the first disc, so I'm four episodes. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so I just want to talk about very general. Sure. uh, But uh, if you don't know what Dexter is, it's about, it's based on a series of novels. I'm not sure who the uh, the author was of it, but um, it's about a, um, like a forensics expert who, about a blood splatter forensics expert who's actually a serial killer. Uh, And his whole thing is that uh, his dad sort of identifies him as being a serial killer when he's a kid and sort of pushes him to like, like the one you can't stop him from being a serial right, killer. He knows he can't stop him. So the one thing he can do is he can direct his serial killing towards bad people. 
Right. And that, so what he does is he kills people that he thinks have gotten away from the legal system. Sort of like a vigilant. He's very much a vigilante justice, but he's very fucked up himself. Like he, he gives him a code. Yeah, I mean, and it's cool because um, oh, yeah. the main the main actor, who I believe is Michael Hall, he was uh, the gay brother in Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. That is the same guy. Okay. Yeah, he's right. amazing in that because the whole it requires an actor who can... His whole facade of everything he does when he interacts with other people is to be the most normal, nice guy. Right. But the whole time, you're also getting that he doesn't give a shit about anybody else, and that it's just there's a lot of inner monologue yeah. in it from him because well, he doesn't feel uh, he doesn't feel emotion. He's disconnected. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. It, his whole life, he hasn't ever really truly felt anything. So it, 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 his uh, ad, his adoptive father has also taught him. I understand, son. I understand there's a disconnect from life in general, but the only feeling, you have to the only, fake it. The only yeah. feelings he has is when he's killing someone. Right. And, and he, and he basically – and so his father teaches him at a young age to Avoid, fake, yeah. fake his way through it so right. everybody else will feel comfortable with him. Right. You know, it's basically all the things to skirt by and never and thought. And because his father was a cop. He taught him how to get away with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was really kind of an yeah. interesting it's, thing. It's got – it's a mind-boggling show that has you rooting for somebody who fucking murders people. Yeah, like, and, and the thing yeah. is, he does it, but he doesn't do it because he thinks it's... It's not because he has some sense of, like, this is the right thing to do. It's no. just like his dad told him he should do it, right. and that's why he does he's it. He's got to kill. He's going to yeah. kill somebody yeah. anyway. Yeah, so he's, it's he's like found he a way. justifies yes. it a little bit by... You know, killing bad people. Jeff right. Lindsay is the author of the books, mm-hmm. of the okay. series of books. I, I just so. But. I was, you know, I wanted, I was going to think about reading it, but my neighbor told me yeah. that um, they nailed the book on the first season so good yeah. really? that it's almost redundant. Like, <laughs> it's either read it or watch it. Either one of them, you've got it pretty much I, down. I, I mean, to, uh, to testify to how compelling it is, I'm not, I'm like maybe one of the most passive TV watchers. Like, something has to really interest me for me to like follow follow, actually follow it and like be like oh i really want to watch i can't even tell you how many shows i've watched like the first disc of a season and been like oh okay Eh, whatever that's enough and it's not even because (laughs) because we talked about this during the break the cast besides michael hall isn't that great i mean uh, the do you think it's because of your disconnect from humanity yeah because i'm also hollow on the inside (laughs) he's a serial killer of ants and it's a messed up show i mean the it's graphic. Yes, it's like, extremely no. graphic. And well, if you're I only mean, on the first disc, man, yeah. it gets crazy. Oh, I watched the first season of it, and then I dis- I canceled Showtime. Yeah, I, I just uh, finished the so first season watch about two weeks ago on DVD. Uh, but you were right. Like uh, the the main character Dexter is good act, great great actor. And it's good to see him interact with other people because you and it's riddled you with shit actors. He still manages, <laughs> even though it's like inner monologue. You also get the sense that. Because you know it, you can see he's playing it a little fake. Yeah. Like he's fake hat, like, hey, you know. Yeah. But you, he does it so well that you can see why people fall for it. Right. You know, how, how he gets by. Yeah. You know, like he has a girlfriend. He doesn't want to have sex. He feels no sexual desire. So he right. dates a woman who's like a multiple rape victim from his <laughs> yeah. husband who doesn't want to have sex. Yeah. But then all of a sudden she's like thinking that that's where he wants to go. And so he has to figure out a way to avoid. I thought that part of the show was smart. And she's a good actress. I'm yes. sorry. She, uh, yeah, Julie she Benz, is good. Which is married to the Crypt Keeper voice. Oh, really? <laughs> I bet you guys <laughs> didn't know that. Did not know that. Did not know that. Anytime you take, if Dexter is 
isn't in the scene with the other cops and yeah. is the most cliche. Oh, like, well, the, whatever the black guy is, he's been a lot of stuff, but the black guy who plays the detective yeah, yeah, yeah. is way over the top. He's horrible. Yeah, which I, I, you're a freak. Yeah. You freak me out. Get away from me, fucking psycho. You just get to work, fucking psycho. And the crazy thing is, is you could tell from the writing, you, I under, I think that you can understand what they're going for, which is they're going for a seasoned detective that is good with hunches. Yeah. And he senses something about he's Dexter. And he's supposed to be the tension because you're yes. always sort of worried is he going to figure out... Pro- and it's yeah. because of television, the way television works is it gets written and then there's always different directions. So there's there's no way to actually get in and convey because it's at such it's a fast pace. It's not going to be consistent. Pace. It's not going to be... Yeah, there's yeah. such a fast pace of filming. There's no way for a writer to be able to get in there and control... An actor's interpretation of, of the words. So you got you could tell what the script is supposed to be because obviously he's the only person on the show that has a hunch has a, that yeah. Dexter is a fucked up cat. Yeah. Fucked and it's up a very guy. smartly written show. Yes, yeah. but this guy is such a poor actor. Yeah. He goes so that, over the top. Instead of being like kind of sly and looking like hmm, I, I, he he's a little bit of a weirdo. It's it is really that like. You motherfucker, scene, I will put every... you in the motherfucking head, you're a freak. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Not only, like, not only no are you playing the stereotypical, no. like, not, it's not even any, it's not even stereotypical anymore. Yeah. It's like 1985, like the Western Street black blues. guy stereotypical. <laughs> you know, like. Well, go, going back to what you were saying about how, you know, you can, I think that's part of the, like, his charm of liking that character, too, is, is the way he plays it off is that you're almost in, you you're inside the joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's right. he's messing with everybody and he's he's you know pulling this prank yeah. on everyone and you're in you're looking at all them going, Ah, you don't get it. We get it. Right. Yeah. You don't realize he's psychotic and we do, but because he's so good at it, because like yeah. you said, he he's not fake, but he does just enough where you know it really conveys that he's faking it. It also has one of the greatest opening sequences to a TV the where he's like cutting up stuff and like, oh, yeah. doing, like I, I, Normal I, stuff, yeah, like but cutting it looks a murder, really yeah. brutal, yeah. and just like, like they, oh, and he's just cutting a piece of pie or something. <laughs> yeah, I love that beginning sequence. I think that's yeah. so perfect for that show. But I, uh, I, I heard some good things and I picked it up and I was like, yeah, this it's is really good. good. It, it, it get, just gets better too. Uh, yeah. It was one of the shows where I popped it in. And then I think in two days I finished it all. Like I just could have <laughs> not it. stopped watching um, it. I pay. I force myself to pace yeah. myself a little bit. Like at the most, like on a weekend I'll watch two in one day. Yeah. But like at night I'll be like, watch oh, one. Shit, I think I did six one night. <laughs> yeah. I, I did it because yeah. yeah, I just was like, I gotta keep watching Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> that was me with the wire, and we're oh, not doing yeah. one. We're not doing that with weeds. We're uh, we've well, weeds wa- is a thirty minute show anyway see the wire i could never do that because i always felt like i had to pay so much attention to the wire that for me like more than two in a row and i was just like i need like need to take a a break break. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i always i watched like four seasons i was kind of like that with the wire too somebody else told me about much going on in it i think casey was saying something like she was trying to explain to someone about the wire like oh it's a show you really have to pay a lot of attention to and I don't know why, but I never got. I mean, I'm not I don't disagree, think but not I that, never got that feeling it's because not that I was you just, have to pay attention. It's right. that it, like you want to because all the things because the way how they everything do it with the, interacts with right. everything else. The way people talk, like they don't dialogue in that show at times is indecipherable. And really, supposed to, well, like the second season with the dock workers. There's a huge sequence when they're all talking in like Baltimore slang about stuff. You understand what's going on. Right. Not that you're confused. Right. You understand what's going on, but if you were to literally, like, if someone who wasn't, if you were to write it down for me and I was yeah. going to read it to right. you without any inflection or anything, just, right. you wouldn't under, 
I mean, it wouldn't right. make any sense. Well, that, I mean, and, and that's and, kind of why that show is really cool like that because yeah, I guess it, I guess if you didn't grow up in the streets <laughs> like me, yeah, well, <laughs> well you I didn't grow up in the crack. But in my ivory tower, no one spoke like that. One of the passage of time in that series is pretty important because they go. You know, it's it's almost in real time as you're as you're watching that they go from you know spring to summer to fall. Do you fall. know that show has never won an Emmy? That's you're shitting. That, yeah. No, it has never won an Emmy. I think it's a fucking crime. Every show on HBO usually sweeps. Nope. Yeah, not one. You know why? Though? Four seasons. Like that show always debuted. Like that show was always on while some other big HBO event show was going like on. Sopranos like Sopranos. Sopranos right, ending. Right. Sex in the City ending. Uh, everything always ending has not right won. during a season of The Wire. So they have to yeah. go in like, oh, it's your last season. We well, got to give all the awards. This will be their year then. The The Wire is one of the smartest. Most well acted. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, most great production. I mean, everything. I don't know about that I've that seen show. a show with it's that not too big much. of a cast. It's not too little. Yeah, everyone's believable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plots are not so like. Look, oh, we're so crazy. I mean, no, it's just, no, no, no. They're, they're not like simple the as they need to be. And, yeah, and they're complicated as they need to be. There's nothing about it that you don't get confused. You don't get lost. You're not like what. There's never a moment during any of that show that I went. And there's always a moment but in the show where you go. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right? You yeah, know what I mean? A- There's always that, ah, okay. Like that moment. And this show, The Wire, I've never had that moment. But it's, it's pretty at the same so time, far. unbelievably compelling. Oh, yeah. The I mean, great child actors. Yeah, and that yeah, third, oh, or, yeah. No, fourth season? Is that fourth season? I mean, fourth season. The first season. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Season, Just all the corner there, kids. There's some, other, there's some emotional scenes. I mean, when the kid in the first season... Uh, I'm trying to remember back. Wallace. Wallace. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. It's also funny, though, at times, too. I mean... Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, Bump times. and McNulty. Uh, yeah. Those guys are, are just when the, fantastic uh, together. The, what was the the one... Of, I think it was, was it the first season when, when they got found, got to the crime scene? And the whole... Fuck, it's like, fuck, 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 fuck. The whole scene. So is it's just, like two minutes before the opening. And the cool thing is it's not... Um, it's not. It doesn't have the CSI syndrome where it's like we figured out this crime because this bullet was yeah. made in a country yeah. that hasn't <laughs> existed in twenty years. Yeah. Can you enhance that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. no I can't. Just pop work. <laughs> and, but I think uh, it's oh, good police. Good police. Yeah. Good police. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the, that show is the incredible uh, artists that they get to do the opening. Which is different each oh, season. Oh, the, uh, the same, same song. song. Same song. Yeah. Done by, I think Blind the, Boys of uh, Alabama. The Neville which, Brothers. Look out, maybe uh, for. Which was awesome. Look out uh, for. Tom White. It's a, it's a really good version. Who was the second season? The, the, really, the old bluesy <laughs> guy. I'm, that, uh, I'm working on something. Well, I want to do the that, That's who wrote it. That's Tom White's. Was he the first, second yeah. season? Okay. He he of uh, sword. He wrote fish, that song. Swordfish yeah. trombones yeah. and Nighthawks at the diner. The second season was the Blind Boys of yeah. Alabama. And then there was the Neville Brothers was season mm-hmm. three, I think. And and then I was, haven't watched season four yet, so I don't know who did season four. Uh, right? It was kind of a kind of a more of a hip hop version. Yeah, of it's okay. kind of a, and uh, this year is uh, Steve Earle. Who is a uh, plays a recurring character? He's kind of don't the guy- tell me I haven't seen any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not even on season four yet, so I don't want to know any characters. Is before that? Don't tell me. He's this was before season four, wasn't it? What? Uh, Steve Earle? He was in one of the first two seasons. Um, he's at the uh, oh, at he's the rehab, uh, at yeah, the he's, he's um, the 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 guy who comes out of jail is gonna go back into the life, but then decides not to and opens the the boxing oh, gym. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. sponsor, right? Oh. No, 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 oh, no, no, the no, big no. White guy? no. Bub's sponsor. Bub's sponsor. 
Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Bub's oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the big yeah, white yeah, the guy big with, white with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Who, I'm just to take it one day at a time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah Steve yeah. Earle, who is one of the, um, and this is not hyperbole, probably one of the greatest American singer songwriters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that no one knows. That none of us have heard. Of. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got to get you some Steve Earle. What other he is I do love that song, though. But uh, any other TV shows um, of interest? TV shows. TV uh, American Gladiator. No. <laughs> I did just watch. I did just watch. Uh, I bought. Uh, like I said a, that for Norton. A six disc. Um, a six disc documentary on the history of rock and roll. Oh, is it? I've heard the good time things life about one? that one. I've heard good things about. It's really that. cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, because they go back. You know, like. That like start with like the Delta Blues and just and build. Mm. And I've heard is, very good reviews of that as it being not shitty as most documentaries. Like this is about the history of rock and roll. Yeah, right. it's not like a VH1 MTV yeah. thing where they'll be like, and then no, all of a sudden it cuts video. to yeah, all of a sudden it cuts to John Mayer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I mean this pretty much is following. I mean they're about hour long episodes, uh, four per disc or whatever. So. I mean, it still has to give you some bullet points. I mean, it never spends two. It spends equal time on each each point. I think like uh, the '50s probably get the biggest chunk, sure. the biggest chunk in yeah. the first couple episodes because I mean, you're, there's so, so many people to talk about. Yeah. I mean, the Chuck Berries and the you know, it's Elvis. so yeah. But even before Elvis, oh, I mean, Elvis the is ink still. Spots. Oh, uh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, Haley in the comments. <laughs> but did you you just get to find out such good things from it? Like um, uh, Pete Townsend was one of the people that there was a there was a good number of, of musicians that were interviewed through each era. Like oh, okay, like Tom Petty would be on there, and he got a chance to talk about each era that they would talk about. So he'd talk about the fifties and the sixties and seventies. Right, right, right. So they he keep going. Back yeah, and the same him. thing, and they keep going back to him. And um, Pete Townsend. It was great when they asked him. He's very, he's a very honest guy. Yes, oh. uh, and he, he absolutely he does a good job of hiding it, but he loves himself. <laughs> he does. Yes, he tremendously. Well, he should. really loves himself, but he, he has mastered not saying it I in those Pete words. Town. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't go, "I love myself on the shit," but he knows exactly what to say. Where you go, "Fuck! I almost busted you saying you love yourself." <laughs> but he said uh, they asked him about. They were talking about Led Zeppelin when they got to Led Zeppelin. Oh. Now you remember the Who was around before. a long oh, yeah. time. The Who have before. an interesting history too because they were like a they were the sixties equivalent of a boy band. Yeah, for years, yeah. Where they were just a mod band. Yeah, a mod band. Yeah. But they um, he asked them about Led Zeppelin and he British said, invasion. and he said, uh, mod. No, they were a mod band. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's what they were. Uh, which I had the Who documentary as well, yeah. and I've learned a lot about the Who since then. Kids are all right. Uh, he asked about they asked him about Led Zeppelin when they got to that part, and he said. And he just kind of shook his head for a minute. He goes, I really like those guys, and I've hated all their music. I've never liked that band. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he yeah. said, I wish I, I don't, I wish I could not say it because I just, they're good guys, and I, li- I know them and I like them, but I just have never liked anything they've done. That's oh, right. and, he goes, and he goes, and it's always pissed me off because they, were, they've, they got so much bigger than the Who. And that's what he said. <laughs> but I, it, was, it was nice for well, moments. He's insane. It was nice for moments like that. And it was nice to hear like like you know, like a Tom Petty talk about so such a wide range of music that he enjoyed because it's not always uh, obviously you know at some point everybody wants to act like they only like the obscure non successful people but then you're like no there at some point you have to admit that you like the stuff that gets really popular right. or the stuff yeah. that's not super innovative music has to go up and down to uh, to go anywhere but uh, I saw the last couple parts of it. Um, yeah. Uh, 
it gets a little weird towards the end. Only because I think I think it's easier in hindsight to divvy up stuff like the 60s. Right. And then all of a sudden when you get to the – it's easier to divvy up stuff when you don't live through it and then or you don't remember it as well. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's easy to think of things as all 60s music. Yeah. And then when I think of – you know, I'm like, well, you can't put Nirvana in the. You Smiths can compartmentalize, same, yeah. You know, something. It's like I can't put Nirvana in the Smiths in the, in the same, same document. And I think uh, it's not a fault of it, because I think it very much makes sense as for the audience as you get closer sure. to the modern that they the the time frame gets divvied up a little, a little bit differently. Because obviously, you're like, well, let's talk about the '80s, you know. And if you really want to look at the '80s, you look at like. Well, yeah, Nirvana was around, the Smiths were around. There's tons of different stuff, but you wouldn't necessarily put all of them into the same hour right, of talking yeah. about it. Right. So they do well, a good job of that, they too. Do, like, well, yeah, I mean, they pretty much they, they, they pretty much end the documentary the year MTV is created. Yeah. They hit bullet that points after music. that, yeah. but pretty much when MTV came into it... The in-depth, sort of. Yeah, when MTV... All of a sudden, music was... Video killed the, the radio star? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it has less to do with that than, and more to do with the options out there for everybody. You got you know... Yeah. Up until that point when you, there was no access to music, there were, you know... There were eras that you could yeah. target three genres of music. This era was uh, British, uh, this, yeah, exactly. and this. You know, does, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. When MTV came into play, up. it really... Radio all in the air and just in top top forty radio didn't dictate what people were listening right. to. Well, I mean, longer. it's funny because uh, um, I read a book about top forty radio, which is really good, called Something in the Air by Mark Something. Uh, but he talks a lot about when MTV and when sort of top forty lost its, you know, when it's grip. in the eighties when you saw all of a sudden bands became popular that didn't have to be on the radio, right? right. You know, and like that didn't. Ha- work quite Slayer. the same way. Yeah, it didn't quite work the same way where like bands they might, like they might be giants. Bands like Nirvana, you know, when Nirvana beca- became a huge hit, surprised a lot of everyone except the people that already knew Nirvana existed, which were a lot of people already kind of knew. I like I it's like thinking about when you're a kid and stuff that you know about that your parents don't know about like when my dad asked me who the Radioheads are. Right, you know, the to radio. me, whether or not you like Radiohead, right. if you're a certain age, you know, you know their, right. you know, you know their existence, and there's bands that sort of transcend that, right? You know, well, yeah, that's what, like back, at, like yeah. we got to a point where, I mean, again, you could pinpoint because of radio play, and even the genres that were, I mean, you had your 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 kind of Motown sound right next to mm-hmm. kind of your ro- yeah. rockabilly rock sound and British Invasion sound. Now, there's about three genres right there you can nail to an era. Now we now we get to a point where in the night like the very beginning of the 90s how do you talk about the 90s when remembering that you can't right after the smells like teen spirit video you would see the mc hammer adams family video right. you yeah. can't define a decade yes by a genre of music any longer no you know not even I mean? come close yeah, you can't, I, mean, I mean what like i said you could watch pearl jam 10 and then watch a weird al yankovic out or and then <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the, well, the MC Hammer. Right, like, right. It's the just, consumption patterns were com- right. People could sell records without without necessarily going through radio, and people that were on the radio could be transcend things or fail. And there was because it used to be that in this, you know, with the whole payola now, you know, sixties right. and seventies, you got on the radio. Yeah. That is how you became how you popular. Came. Right. Those equaled each other. Right. There was no such thing as like. You know, and billboard was, and, yeah. and during that time as well. I mean, we're not talking. We, what, like, 
late 60s, early 70s when it actually became about albums. Yeah. I mean, it was even a different system as far as back then it was about singles. You know, know, and even The Who was one of the first bands to start going, uh, this is something called an album. It's an EP. Right? (laughs) It has a theme. Not just, yeah, a concept album. Well, then in the 80s, you have the advent of college radio. And that, that, Changed a well, lot I of mean, things. You see the same thing with podcasting and music, or people being able to put out radio. Head, speaking of Radiohead, now they're selling an album online. The ability and... of anyone to put out any. If you want to put out music, the only thing stopping you from putting it out to the entire world is whether or not you can make it. Yeah, you right. know, like you and don't even have that to make not, an album. Yeah. You don't have. Yeah, you I don't mean, have to go to studios anymore. Yeah, yeah. you can do it it's on crazy. your own and put it out for anyone. Um, have you guys ever heard of Tim Fight? He's mm-hmm. like a hip hop guy from New York who did an album. And just put it out. It's called Over the Counter Culture, and it's pretty good, but it's just free. He just yeah. put it out there. And I mean, because Radiohead gets big press because Radiohead's popular. Well, There's yeah, tons of people yeah. giving out free albums, and it's sure. it's a complete different way. I mean, it's even more liberating than when college radio came around because it's not more liberating also because there's still not There's still not the, there's not a barrier of, of DJs. Because college radio had the same thing. There was still. There was still a wall of people you had to get through sure. to still get your college. Making. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there's still somebody making decisions. The internet, podcasting, iTunes. Because all you gotta do is, I mean, we could sit and record an album right here, right now, submit it to iTunes. Go get a guitar, and we call it uh, "I'm the Shit" label records or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and we'd be selling. And who knows? It could take well, off. I mean, uh, what a cra- fucking awesome world. You, you know, know what I mean? Crank. You know his yeah his band, band. Is on MySpace they got three or four songs on there and it's like finishing they, up their album yeah finishing up their album and it's be on like, iTunes yeah. I mean it's it's a different you know, different world for music for certainly and, and I just thought of this only because we're talking about internet distribution but I have a friend who got a Kindle oh yeah What's I Kindle? played with the Sony the Amazon um, I, I book, played with the reader? Sony when it was oh yeah. the, the reader okay. yeah um, did you see it did no he it? was telling me about it and he was like the book part's really cool because I can imagine. Never having to buy a physical book yeah. again, and I would be kind of okay with that yeah. because oh, yeah. I have a ton of fucking books. And they're annoying, yeah. He said, uh, the internet browser's not any big shit. He's yeah. like, and there's too many buttons. He says, yeah. you don't need a page down and next page. Yeah. You know, like, when am I going to skip the bottom half I mean, of the page? And they have a whole keyboard. Yeah, yeah, when am I going to skip the bottom half of a page to check right. out what's on the, you know, like, just I'll forward through it. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, wow, you know, like a day where I don't have to actually buy a physical book. And, and you have, shelves, in your backpack, you have 50, 100, I, yeah. 300 books in your backpack. We surely live in a gilded age, my we do. friend. We do. The, I, I played with the Sony one at Borders, mm-hmm. um, which is, is, is awesome. You know, I mean, to look, it looks exactly because they've mastered this. Well, yeah, but that's digital that, ink because yeah, that was sort of the thing. It yeah, was getting it to read yes, like it, an actual no, yeah, There is no backlight. You so to read at night, you have to actually buy a book light, a clip put to on put on it. there. Really? Yeah, there's no easier on your eyes though. It, it yeah. is. It is a, a digital. I mean, because this is a new. I mean, book readers have been around for about a decade. Yeah, but again, know. they've been the biggest thing. But is they haven't been creating been, yeah, it, getting it so you could read digital it. paper. Digital That's paper. what it is. Yeah. Digital been paper. Working on 3M, and everybody's been working on yep. digital paper forever. It actually looks exactly like paper. The color of a paper yeah. of a yeah. paper of your novel. Yeah. Once those things are a little more affordable, I will definitely. Everybody, own. Yeah. yeah. There's I no think, question. I think the one thing. What's gonna start topping the sales is they're going to drop they need to drop prices and then they need to make it to where you can because right now the amazon one is you can only use amazon's yeah to get how long digital before, bookstore and sony's you can only use sony's, sony's yeah. how long before apple gets involved and oh, makes sure the ibook 
not to, I don't think, uh, I don't think it'll be long. I mean, you know what I mean? You have an uh, iBook that is your, you know, iTunes holds your music, holds your books. Right. You Couple know what I mean? Years. Couple years, you yeah. figure that's going to, all right, that, that'll work. I mean, it is a great fucking, I- like I said, once they open it up to let you buy or, any type or of book, any book yeah. or any from, book from anywhere, because right. right now both of them there. are exclusive Strictly. to their catalogs. Not that I'm opposed to that, but I don't like, what if, uh, what if you don't have the book I want? That means I can't read that fucking book. Yeah. Right. Right. Because now I have to go buy a book. Now I got to go buy the book. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, talking about books, I just finished a book that Chris lent me that was actually really quite good, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever read Starship Troopers? No. You might enjoy Like the it. movie? It's, yeah, but it's nothing it's not, like it's the movie. movie. Like, is Very it before the movie? Uh, yeah, the book is from the 70s. 40 years. 50s, yeah. late 50s. Oh, was it late 50s? Yeah. That, yeah. that is good. It's, it's um, who's the author? Robert Heinlein. Yeah, Heinlein, yeah. Uh, it's really cool because, uh, well, I've seen the movie too. and uh, I actually like the movie, but yeah, it's nothing. It's very different because the book... Um, the book isn't so much obsessed with the actual fighting the aliens. It's much more about characters. It, it's about Politics. characters, and it's about. Uh, I really like the um, uh, the debate about. Uh, it's much more about the idea of public service to vote. Like, what does it mean to be a citizen? What does earning it mean, citizenship? Right? Like, what does it mean to count yourself as part of? You know, a community doesn't mm-hmm. mean. Do you get that automatically? Do you have to earn, earn it? That, like, right. What do you have to do to earn it? Like. And I was very impressed by the book. I, I wasn't a huge. I thought the movie was, um, I think, exceedingly campy. Yeah. Yes, for, absolutely. You know, it's about shooting. And big they bugs, t- they and touch cool. on that in the beginning of the movie. The but they don't go back to it. No, they once they get to the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The the movie's nothing. I like was. The book, it's really, pretty sure I mean, it's like two hundred pages. Yeah, it's very quick. Read. And the one thing I love about I love it when I read a book. Um, and it's like sci-fi or something technical about it, and they talk using a language that I would believe is believable for their situation, but I still understand it. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I hate science fiction books that are, either, that are either too hard to understand mm-hmm. or, or overly simple. Like overly like simple. Like really, this is like what <laughs> they would talk about. Yeah, when it, they're it, talking, it, talking about like the jumpsuits and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it does can, a very good job of balancing it all. So. It you know reads well and it's understandable, but yeah. it also fits that world. Bring, that give, give it to Scotty because I think Scotty. I'll would give enjoy it to you. It give really it good. to me, baby. I will jam you I liked, that book. Um, speaking of uh, TV, we're, we've been watching. I've been on uh, watching a lot of the Discovery Channel HD Discovery Channel oh, lately. Yeah. They've had like the last week though. It's been a bunch of like, It's been a lot of uh, uh, cryptozoology stuff on there. Oh, I, I watched. You got your issues of proof out. Yeah, the hunt for Bigfoot. They had uh, a whole big scientific... Li- oh, listen, <laughs> I am so fucking pissed that the Discovery Channel wastes its time with a show about fu- trying to find Bigfoot. He doesn't fucking exist. Well, it wasn't necessarily oh, so trying to find Bigfoot. What Basically what they did is they took whatever evidence they could find over yeah. the last 40 years and they put it in the hands of a dozen real scientists. Yeah. Not... You know, uh, uh, pseudo scientists. Yeah, not pseudo. Crypto- you know, weird. anthropologists, uh, forensic scientists, real scientists. Yeah, had them. You know, do everything they could with the data, don't and they then have come up with come up with. Well, I don't. Somebody paid them. I don't. Yeah. Know. Uh, and then come up with their conclusions. There was a dozen scientists. No, some sci- very, no very, scientists of money though, because only Scotty is a scientist. Well, of money. and love yeah. uh, scientists of life. Um, I mean, these were highly regarded. <laughs> you know. Scientists, real scientists, not uh, yeah. you know. Uh, and out of the dozen, at the end, they all you know. It was about an hour, it was an hour long show, and uh, 
you know, they had this guy who's like one of the most, the foremost experts on uh, I know fingerprinting. Where this is going. I know, I, I know. <laughs> Tom just. But at the end of it, so they all go, they go back to each one of them af- after all of their studies and their findings and everything, and and wanted their conclusions. And out of the dozen, like nine of them all concluded that there is a North American ape running around. <laughs> I swear to God, Tom. Why do we have? Why do, do we have evidence of every creature on Earth on film? That's not true. Uh, okay. They're, they believe scientists believe there are about ten million species no, okay. who don't know. Exist. Here's the thing, though, and they ex- they find new ones. I every can look month. on fucking Google Earth and see Chris's mom. I can see Chris's mom <laughs> yes. saying inside her house about Bigfoot, who's like hey. eight feet fucking tall. Yes. They're and not it's not like he lives. In, They're not turtle. He doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't live like on some remote island. He lives in uh, the Pacific Northwest, which, as far as I know, has a ton of people hiking and living. Yeah, around. yeah, that's all they fucking do out there. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not claiming that. There is These a North are the American same scientists ape. that would waste their time taking I'm money. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> you know, renowned scientists conclude. How do you know they're renowned? They, well, yeah. the one guy is. He goes, you know, I am renowned scientist. big for a thrill. Chicago. The museum of Phoenix University. No, no, no. None of them were. You know, it was like it was all major colleges, professors at major colleges, and no, these were. I hey, mean, people at the University of Chicago still get C's. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> They not, don't they, all get A's, They were man. professors. They were not... <laughs> I don't know, Tom. I'm just saying. And then, and then the next Nine one... Nine out of the twelve. And then, the, then I watched the human, ho- the human Hobbit, which was... No... <laughs> Tom has you left You get a fucking dog. hobby, man. <laughs> Tom has <laughs> left the dog. Yeah, the human hobbit. Well, those were actual anthropologists. Yeah, they the, were, thing that, the, the thing that bothers me about that more is that like, uh, when a scientific discovery is made... Uh, and someone who uh, whoever does the marketing for scientific discoveries is like, we found tiny people. What do we say about them? Uh, let's call them hobbits. <laughs> Lord of the Rings hey, is popular. Hey, yeah. yeah, why hey, not? Scientists, scientists need funding, yeah. man. They gotta, they gotta pimp their shit. I just they see can't. a scientist like in front of a bunch of people going, and we found some hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> Nine out of twelve of them. And then, and then, of them said there's a ring that will rule them all. I fi- <laughs> based on evidence. I finished it all up on uh, with uh, American Loch Ness. <laughs> American Loch Ness. Huh? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's it's, an American Loch Ness. It's funny Ness because monster. we actually would call it Loch Ness being, but we don't have a, a, Loch a lake Ness. called. We don't have Loch. Loch. Yeah, we don't have Loch. the Loch. It was. He's actually called Champ because it's Lake Champlain. In uh, Massachusetts, I don't even know where the hell it was at. I didn't pay that. Much. That one was on was in the Madison? background. No, Madison, no, Wisconsin. No, it was somewhere on the East Coast. This is going to add so much more credence to the terrible movies that I'm getting ready to talk oh, about. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, don't go ahead. No. Oh don't. come on! I don't care. I got nothing to say about them. Uh, anyway, that's uh, been to the fore of the last few weeks. I uh, I started a thread. I've been wanting to catch up on some some '70s movies. I think it's a it's a great. Uh, era, a great decade for for movie making. There's no question, and you picked the worst I'm, possible. I'm starting at the bottom from and I'm that decade. My way up. <laughs> <laughs> what movies did you pick? Um, I'm, star- I'm starting with uh, um, some. 70s dystopian films. Uh, and, and film is giving these a lot of credit. Maybe undo. Um, start out with uh, with Soylent Green, uh, which I had never seen before. And it is, uh, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. people. So, so yes. Uh, Charlton Heston. It's, uh, it's a, a look into the, what the year 2024, I think. We're and fucked. 
Yeah, we're we're screwed, pal, because uh, uh, the the world is overpopulated, and there's not enough food. There's like twenty or forty million people that live in New York City. How many people live in New York City right now? Like twenty two. Yeah. Holy shit! Is it? No, wait, no, no. In in Manhattan, on the island of Manhattan, there's like a little over a million, I think. Yeah. But New York, I mean, that's, yeah, there's like four, the 40, 40 million people. There, there's people like you know they live like sleep in like stairwells, you know, and, and they should move out to the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Madison's probably not overcrowded. Yeah. Well, they can't go there; it's against the law. Oh shit! Um, because right. the the budget for the movie wouldn't allow for any other sets. <laughs> you you know, that, that's one of the things I like about seventies about these seventies movies is that. You know they're they're certainly not high on special effects, and they're pretty. You know the you, you watch them and you're like, okay, this is how I would set up this shot if I was out with my friends making a movie. And sometimes the simplicity of that is is kind of nice, and the the story is pretty straightforward. It's you know for the time pretty cool. Charlton Heston is good in it, and uh, and Soylent Green is people. I've always wanted to. Um do a, a stage show where I do a scene called the Charlton Heston School of Acting where there's two techniques. There's seething and then there's screaming. Yes. People. You either talk like this or you talk like this. Yeah. There's only the, it's like the Jack Bauer like character study. Like either you talk like this or you're nothing more important right now than my family. Or you sc- or something more important than yeah. my family. Yeah. You just want one of the two. But Charlton Heston does it well. Yeah. There, there was the, this whole culture of, of movies in the seventies, and they they call them you know dystopian films. And why, um, why in the seventies of all times? Was it Carter? I don't know. Because he was all like, "Fuck, man, Vietnam's bullshit." Probably was, yeah. Well, see, these all, you know, distant or not so distant looks into the future and these anti utopian. It's like Logan's Run is a dystopian film. And, and you've got, you know, stuff like Soylent Green. And then the other one that I, that I watched, uh, A Boy and His Dog, which. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes is dystopian, sure. Uh, um, for some people, that would be God paradise. God damn apes. <laughs> some if, people, that's paradise. If you're an ape, oh, that yeah. would be. Um, you know, Blade Runner. Uh, Probably goes into that into that category. Uh, The the other one that I watched this week was uh, a boy and his dog, uh, starring a very very young Don Johnson as nice (laughs) as as Albert uh, as as his dog. His telepathic dog refers to him. It's about uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. This is after after World War Four. Whoa, that is bold. They like, not fuck three, dude. Yes. We don't even talk about. We go three. right to four. Skipped right, right to but world. Three was for pussies. This one goes to four. Oh, Why? It's, Why it's, do we need three? It's Don, Don Johnson and and his telepathic dog Blood. That sounds good. And they they basically scour the uh, uh, the 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 desert countryside looking for food and trying to con people and or steal basically their their way to survival and uh through an interesting uh turn of events don johnson um finds this woman which he's always <laughs> on on the lookout for some uh um female poon. companionship finds finds this woman and and the poon find, <laughs> No, finds out that this that this woman actually <laughs> lives in an in an underground city, uh, Topeka, and he follows her. She runs off. He 
ends up following her into the underground city, mm-hmm. and it is like this kind of very Timothy Leary-like paradise. Um, and uh, everybody's on LSD. Uh, Everyone's it, hanging out with people too young for them. Every, <laughs> trying to stay relevant for like, way too long. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. It, yeah. it's, it's actually it's like the, this this fake sense of of peace or happiness. Everyone and it, it's seventies, so it's it's really weird. Everyone in this in this town has their their faces are almost painted white with rosy cheeks. And that's like like uh, like almost Japanese, almost uh, like yeah like kabuki almost. kabuki and it's and it's it's to show that I, I this is my interpretation it's showing <laughs> the metaphor that, that, that the, the metaphor is that their happiness is very much painted on because it's really like this very um, bleak. Um, Overly um, uh, uh, religious zealots that are using religion to control the society, and what Don Johnson comes to find out whenever they capture him, pussy. (laughs) Always has been. Oh, 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 he wishes. As Snoop Dogg has said on the comment on the extras to the Scarface disc, "Pussy Don got him killed." (laughs) (laughs) Because they capture him and tell they inform him that. No one, no, all of the men can't reproduce. Oh, the women are fertile. The men are not. So every that's perfect for so every generation. That's they, a utopian movie, motherfucker. <laughs> so every generation, they they bring a man from the top um, side yeah. down. This sounds like it's becoming a porno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No I think I've had <laughs> dreams about this kind of shit before. And Don Johnson finds out about this and thinks that that is cable. a very good idea. Oh, well, and yeah. Until they cut to the next scene, and he's hooked up to a machine, much like they would use to milk a cow, yes. and and. They are uh, uh, bride Milking. by bride. Um, have all of the 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 virgin women <laughs> oh, in the Jesus town are lined Christ. up and they're marrying them as as they uh, uh, collect deposits from Don Johnson. And they said, "Don't worry. When you're done, we will give you a hot pink T-shirt and a white sports jacket and send you on <laughs> your way." Partner. Actually, Listen, you want to come check out our fucking machine? And he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be awesome." And yeah. then he gets, he's like, "Oh, this is that's a barrel awesome. with a hole in it." What? Actually, they inf- they inform him that uh, he's are you having qu- troubles at home, Chris? No, because it's a weird movie. Yeah. Picks all okay, of a sudden. well, look, wait, wait. I mean, but here, I want, I want, I wanted to mention this. Chris got a brand new big screen, flat yeah. screen <laughs> television, picks. fifty inch, and these are the fucking yeah. movies that he's picking this to watch on it. Description of this, Chris. I think Chris does a much classier job. <laughs> In the back of this <laughs> oh, he's up-talked it a little. Yeah, he has. Critically acclaimed in an inspiration of the Mad Max movies, A Boy and His Dog is truly a wild, kinky, and unique cinematic adventure. It sounds like a porno. Yeah, it's a, it's a skin flick. It sounds like a Cinemax. Movie. <laughs> Jesus And then Christ. the last half hour is him fucking 80 different women. But his dog has a mask on. Yeah. What does that mean? By the way, based on, based on a Harlan Ellison story. Oh, oh there you go. Good. <laughs> so way to uh, let's get then. Way well, to use that big TV though. Yeah, hey, no well, and, and I'm not. You know what it is? Marta has all the good movies and has kicked him out. <laughs> He's on the nice TV. Yeah, the thing is black and white. Here, is a great train robbery. Here, Scott, uh, he's got to watch. She's up there scan. watching Lord of the Rings and the Matrix trilogy. Scott, okay, you know they have like the aspect yeah. ratios and everything yeah. on, on duty. Two to one. Read that and and tell me what exactly that means. <laughs> two, three, five to one. <laughs> two, three, that five. It's, don't watch it. Two, three, five to one widescreen. Widescreen. So what does that mean? 
It's, uh, it's full screen format with a widescreen box yes. in the middle. Yes. <laughs> which, Even what, on your widescreen TV, it will still which only on be a six, in the middle. On a 16 by 9 TV, <laughs> sucks. It's yeah. about as big as your cell phone window. <laughs> nice. No, dude, it's, it fits totally with the dystopia. <laughs> yes, yeah, very bleak. Oh, yeah. wait a second. Did this person, wait, uh, the Chicago Tribune said a cross between George or- Orwell and Mel Brooks? Yeah. It seems like they didn't get it. But I like how they, <laughs> but I like how they didn't actually... Uh, there, there's nothing actually saying that's a good quote because yeah. there's an exclamation point at the end. Right before it, it was like, this is a piss-poor attempt at a cross between. <laughs> so uh, right now there's one person in the audience going, it's my favorite I movie. love that movie. I, you know, you know, know what? I actually... Fucking, fuck you guys. I, 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 my life. Tom, take it home and watch Tim, it for me. Yeah, I will. Watch it. I, I enjoyed them both. They're, they're goofy. They're they're silly, but I really I'll watch it when I Michael really Bay remakes it. My girlfriend's in St. Louis. My girlfriend's in. You got nothing but time. When he gets hooked up to the fucking machine, he yeah. stands up and it pans around him as he looks around, <laughs> and then a bunch of doves. Yeah, a, do- a double pop up. Hey, to, and then a, to and redeem, a Hummer will flip. doves are not bad though. It's shanty town. <laughs> to redeem my TV, I did watch uh, I did watch the HD version of uh, Born Ultimatum, which was ooh, that's pretty freaking awesome. Very nice. He jumps movie. across. Yeah, I imagine your Netflix yeah. cues a bunch of shit like the Great Train Robbery from 1914. Like <laughs> Throw Mama a bunch, from the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caddyshack. Seven Samurai. Oh, oh. You guys want to read some emails? Yeah. I got a few handful. Yeah, yeah, not too sure. many. Not too sure. many. Yeah. Right, I'm feeling loose. Right, I'm feeling loose. Fill, fill for a second while I get pull it up here. Glad I could Glad I could bring uh, enjoyment to Oh, you. that yeah. was... What's that the was... worst big screen movie? Uh, I can't wait to watch Blair Witch Project in my giant screen. <laughs> oh, my giant screen. Well, hell, that... No, it's... Uh, yeah, what would be a really, really good one? Like, from, like one of those bad 80s, like... I can't wait to watch Beverly oh, Hills not- Cop <laughs> on my 50... On my 50 in plasma with ambient light... <laughs> Nosferatu. Well, still, that'd still probably be cooler. Uh, what, what's another, what's um, another bad um, 80s movie? Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mannequin. Mannequin. Soul Man. Soul Man. Here's one. I've got, I've, got, I've got Streets of Fire in my Netflix queue. Streets of Fire. Oh, that's at least a... Transylvania 6500. Jesus Christ. That's bad. That is bad. Uh, all right, this Can't one is. Wait, uh, wait to watch season one of Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm watch Mama's House. <laughs> Mama's Family. Mama's oh, Family. Man. That's what it was. Vicky Lawrence was so funny <laughs> on that big screen. Vicky Lawrence. life. All right, this is from uh, Mike Jasorka. Jasorka. Mike Jasorka said, uh, "I just wanted to tell you get all." I just wanted to tell all you guys that you rock the boat. I listen to you fellas ramble on while I'm drawing my own comics, and I have a blast doing so. <laughs> Keep up the great work, and I hope to be in your area someday to stop in and say, What's up? All the best, Mike J. And well, you can you see Mike J. J's comics at comicspace.com slash bombshellcomics. Do we rock the boat like, rock the like boat. we rock, or do we rock the boat like, we cause hey, trouble. fuck you, you're stop the man, rocking. I'm going to rock the boat. Or is it rock the boat like we mean- just we just escaped from a boat and I wish that guy wasn't rocking this yeah. boat? Right or did he mean to put we rock the vote? Oh, oh yeah. it is a, it is an election year. Yeah. Yes, it is. Sal and, I, Sal and I were talking about how bad uh, reality TV is going to get this year. That uh, we came up with the concept of the um, primary uh, survivor, o- o- electoral survivor, where we uh, through reality TV uh, gradually 
vote off each each candidate. I would love to see Ron Paul versus Wolf from American Gladiator. <laughs> 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 that show's uh, not fake. The next one, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't burst my bubble. This one is from Scott Dodds. He said, I just, uh, I just got the definitive edition of Queen and Country, and holy crap, this book is amazing. Why didn't you tell me about it before? Are you fucking kidding me? Just kidding. Oh. I read the whole thing in one day. <laughs> Next time, I'll take your word sooner. Thanks. Yeah, so, listen to us when we tell you shit. Yeah, when yeah. we tell you something's People good. People are always like, I yeah. can't believe you were right. Uh, we'll come rock your fucking boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, we're going to board your boat, and yeah. then we're going to rock Then I'm going to vote to get your boat rocked, motherfucker. <laughs> and once we get three, yeah. four, once we get a quorum and we get uh, yeah. enough of a majority, we will rock it. Oh, yeah. this one's going to rock the boat here. This, oh, uh, shit. This is from Nick Zinn. Uh-oh. Said, uh, just a few comments uh, on older shows. Oh, I no, lo- my God. I love that Scotty mentioned the Joe Pitt books by Charlie Houston. I read Already Dead, then discovered he was writing Moon Knight. It's cool to hear others are reading his novels. I was really disappointed in I Love You, Beth Cooper. Taking it... Uh, talking it up so much led me to believe this would be the best thing I've read in a while. I didn't begin to enjoy it till the party by the rich girl's house and was hey. scratching my head over what you guys thought was laugh out loud funny so early on. With such a, a high recommendation, I was let down by the story. I wonder how old this guy is. I have no idea. I just, I, just, I mean, I say that in that um, everybody that, like everybody that we know that has read it, that I've read, like friends or, right, or people right. that have have absolutely loved it and the age thing i was asking i mean he very well could be our age and just not but to me something about beth cooper brought me back to all the movies that i grew up yeah, the on 80s Hugh the john, john hughes, hughes movies but i also and it's funny because his email echoes something i told yeah, you too you said, where yeah. i was saying that i thought the book was funny but i thought it was sort of pedestrian up until around that part and right. then it had a little bit more heart but i thought the first part was still funny. Just I was sort of yeah. like, yeah, this is good, but not, you know. Well, I, I mean, I liked mean, it from Nixon? page one. Yeah, I, I thought the first chapter was just awesome, yeah. amazingly written, brilliant, funny. Yeah. The and I were laughed, inventive, I thought. Yeah. I'm um, waiting for the graphic novel. I, uh, I, mean for the, I yeah. did la- literally laugh yes. out loud through reading the whole that. Thing, through yeah. The, yeah, I don't know how many times I did yeah. laugh. And I don't generally do that with books. There's, yeah. there's very few times that in a book. What, what, what's this email or his name? Uh, Nick Zinn. Nick Zinn. Uh, write in a simple email and just put your, just tell us your age. Just, I'm just curious. Just curious. I would, I, there's something that makes me feel that he may be a little younger. A little younger? If that he, could make, he missed all If those, he missed maybe. the John Hughes era, but I could be wrong. Maybe he's seen them all and he just didn't, it's just uh, it not his, his thing, and that's yeah. fine too, but I like I said, I think, I think I mean, it's also, it's a, also perception too. It's like when somebody, I mean, when somebody hypes something up and then mm-hmm. you go into oh, it, oh god, yeah, it, it's gonna you know you're almost inevitably going to be let down. I you know I was the same yeah. way with Welcome like movies books, like dude. bad, uh, <laughs> super away. bad. You mm-hmm. know, it's like people hype that up so much and I watch it. I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't think it was hilarious and so right. I was kind of let down. I was expecting to be laughing my ass off right. through the whole thing and I didn't. Well, I've got almost are... fifty emails from other people who have went and read from fans that listen yeah. to the show and that go to my website. And I've gotten about 50 emails of people that were like, thank you. Even Newsarama, the, all the people at Newsarama were like, we all read the Or no, an animation studio was like, everybody in our studio read the book. Yeah, that was Everybody's uh, loving, the, the, yeah. the guys that's from, from uh, Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, emailed yes. us and said that. Well, Nick 
tell us how old you are. Um, yeah, tell us how he, old you are. Your address, motherfucker. Not that it's bad or good. I think he, he goes on. Yeah, it goes on a little bit. I noticed a bit of jazzy background music in the Douglas Walk interview. Maybe you have been doing this for a while, but it was a nice compliment to the piece. Chris, uh, the, would you like to comment on that? Yes, that was, that was because my uh, there was a thunderstorm in Chicago that night, and my dogs were kind of freaking out. Dogs were and uh, pa- they were pacing in my bedroom, and I put the jazz music underneath the interview so you didn't hear the. <laughs> it was a beautiful of my accident. Dogs. Last, I was wondering what happened to all the Elvis references that were made so frequently in past shows. Keep up the great work. Well, well it could only be funny for a minute. Yeah. 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 We've moved on. We yeah. there's, some, there's a saying, something about a dead horse or something. Meeting one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Killing there's it. a saying, yeah. I think um, Jackie Gleason said, you beat a dead horse. Until someone cries, and yeah. you beat it one more time, you'll go to hell. Yeah, you go to hell, but you'll make the devil laugh. There yes. used to, they, they, there used wow. to be, they used yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, drunk. This is towards the end. This is towards the end. We used to make we used to make jokes about Tom having affection for monkeys or apes yeah. about every other. And now he just yeah. read an ape book. So and that probably went back. on longer than it should have. Yeah, probably. probably All right, next it is uh, David. That's David, David said, uh, first, Sweet. I enjoy the show. I especially enjoy the interviews with older creators like Denny O'Neill and Roy Thomas. Hmm. Second, thanks for including the name of your opening song in the fact. Just wanted to let you know that the Hellraisers is available for purchase on iTunes in case any other listeners were looking for it. Thanks again, David. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, that's the name of the tune, the Hellraisers, cool. um, if and anybody wants Denny, to buy it. I love talking Roy to Roy Thomas. I could have talked to Roy Thomas for hours. <laughs> did you want him to adopt you? No. Oh. no you I feel like that. I wouldn't want to be that close to him. Yeah, and, De- and Denny <laughs> Denny was awesome. That was probably the highlight of my year. He was, uh, he was a, a lot of fun. A lot of younger creators coming up soon, so we'll get babies. back to that. We'll, We're interviewing babies. Yes, yes we'll get back to the veteran creators. Favorite baby soon. creators. Uh, next is favorite baby creator, <laughs> favorite children creators. Chris Prunkle. He said, uh, "You might have been informed of this previously, but your theme music is the same as something weird videos. They are a company that releases cult movies uh, to DVDs such as Blood Feast, Gore Gore Girls, Strip Barama, and such. I was watching their DVD of trailers last night and found it interesting that they were using the same music. Is this just a weird coincidence, or did you guys plan it this way? Just wondering. We, uh, it, it depends on what weird. you think. If you think it's cool that we planned it that way, then yes. <laughs> if you don't, then it was pure chance. No, it was it was pure chance. I uh, or planned or planned by yeah. a higher power, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes one-eyed baby Jesus. Yeah. One-eyed baby Jesus. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Uh, seeing eye towards us. I found it on a, a, we- anyway, I found it on a website <laughs> about cult movies. So it may have been their website, but I don't right. think it was this something weird videos. It was just, touching his shaft. God damn. Oh. Ow. God damn, this belt's Not, too tight. Uh, but I found it on a website, and I just thought it was cool. Cool. And that's it. So. Nice. Cool. All right, one Chris, more. Chris, listen to this. We got That's one cool. more. This is, from, uh, this is from our anonymous Brit again. Satan. And he said, hello, Around Comics. I couldn't resist bothering you again. This is anonymous Brit from Northampton. I want to remain anonymous due to my reclusive nature, and I don't want anyone to cast a spell on me. You know bad things can happen oh, in life. Well. Ambrosia's <laughs> a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. If you're not careful, like someone making a movie out of your comic. I hate that. My question is, are there any other supremely masterful comic books... Apart from Watchmen, From Hell, V for Vendetta, Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Halo Jones, Promethea, Tom Strong, Top Ten, Killing Joke, Swamp oh, Thing. Oh, I get it. You I don't get need the joke now. You <laughs> don't need to answer that since I doubt there are. Oh, I forgot. 
Pedo, oh, pedo pan. Sorry, I meant lost girls. No offense, but I have to say I hate pan? <laughs> pedophilia pan. I guess. Oh. No offense, but I have to say I hate listening to your podcast because I hate comic book fans since they are all adult males. Don't you know comic books are meant for kids? I previously asked if there are any <laughs> spiritual comics. This is because I'm a religious guy. Actually, I worship my own god, which conveniently is myself. Who needs a crucifix when you have a mirror and a god-like beard? Your anyway, fucking point coming? <laughs> I'd better stop typing since my hand we is all bent up. We get it. You're pretending like a... to be Alan Moore, all right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's about five dead horses <laughs> laying in that guy's house right now. Due to excessive kundali masturbation? Kundalini? Kundalini? Masturbation? Goodbye. That was it. Steve Kundalini, he was uh, famous for. Uh, <laughs> he invented switch masturbation. He was the first, you know, he was the first person to um, record the sound of him masturbating on a phonogram disc. <laughs> Start, right. Look it up. Look it up. And that's uh, there Wikipedia, was there was one more email from Vitches Smith, but it was sort of it was about kids being left out from DC Marvel. Um, it was kind of a long thing. We should about... have read that instead of that bad Alan. Yeah. Allen. Well, I can read it, but it, we'll, yeah, it we'll, talk, we'll like, use that as a topic. If it's, right. a, if it's something we can actually get into a discussion yeah, about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's more so. Instead yeah. of having Save like a night at the next. improv. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. those are emails. Those are our emails. Right. Hey, you know, we we got a, uh, a couple voicemails. I think we'll save them for next week because we've, we've yeah. been yammering a lot. Um, okay. I'm tired. But, um, I'm so sleepy. I need to write down the. It's been a long time um, since I complained about being sleepy. Voicemail. Now. Go, go to the home, uh, aroundcomics.com. And, uh, our phone number? The, 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 it is uh, 1-888-977-5903. Call us. leave uh, questions for the answer leave man. Us, yes, leave questions for the answer and man. You could just like talk to me. You could just leave, like, hey, yeah. man. leave Scotty a cool message. What's say, up, man? Hey, what's up? What are you good, doing? Me? Good, good job not Hello. smoking. Yeah, good job on the quit smoking, Chief. Is it me you're looking for? Hello. <laughs> and then Scotty is making a sculpture of my head. Out of Starburst. That's yeah, crazy. Hello. <laughs> is it me And I'll be like, shut up, man. I'm not into stuff like that. I like trannies, but not that shit. Of your... I like All right, All right. remember to go to aroundcomics.com where you can download and print out our LCS Challenge Flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in the store. If they do, send us an email and we'll mention you in the store on the show as well as post it on our site. Become a friend of the program today. Cool. <sighs> iTunes reviews, huh? Oh, yeah. Go um, go do sexual stuff to Chris by leaving an iTunes wow, review. You, you know, you've really kind of slacked I, off. I, I, I wasn't prepared. Usually Here, I have about do. five minutes. Here you go. I've went through a lot of them now. I'm running yeah. out. I'm right. going to spell them this time. Then don't try and do it. Let your pit- Just do it straight. As you walk into the room and you notice Chris, and all of a sudden your pants drop to your ankles, and it's hot. Come on, there was an and easy Chris one. Looks, Chris, Chris looks it. There was a pretty obvious one. If you'd like to hook Chris up to a fucking machine. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I was, I was saying. One. Yeah, Sal right. failed at smoking, but he won. Yeah, he won, <laughs> that, won one. that one. Sir, you so win. Thanks to, uh, thank to, thanks to Razorburn2021 and DC Per for uh, fucking Chris through a. Uh, dystopian 70s. Yeah. My uh, uh, nice fuck machine. None of the men, none of the men, all the men are shooting blanks on iTunes, so Chris has to be hooked up to the. Once a generation. Yeah. It's funny because that raises- deposit your iTunes review oh. yeah. <laughs> to give birth yeah. to Chris's I- happiness. happiness. <laughs> I think uh, Razorburn uh, finished his review by saying, "Oh yeah, Chris, you like that?" No. Oh. <laughs> All right, Christ, that's disgusting. Uh, All right, this episode is sponsored by Stock Trades Dash Sal. 
Uh, InStockTrades.com <laughs> is offering this month's reading selection, the originals to Iran Comics listeners. For an amazing 35% off the cover, get your copy today for only $11.69 for the soft cover, or $16.22 for the hard cover. Fuck machine! Check out the Eisner-winning graphic novel by Dave Givens. And then listen to our discussion in early February. InStock Trades offers a huge selection of collected editions you want and you need. All great discounted prices, and remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. <laughs> I'm just waiting to that. I like your fuck machine. I'm just leaving some space. Before I mention Hero Initiative, I'm just leaving a few moments. Good thinking, Tom. And we are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid. Financial you ever support. know that you're my hero. An avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.org or call 310 Nine zero nine seven eight zero nine and ask to be hooked up to the copulation. <laughs> I cleaned it up. Very nice. Cleaned up the Chris, what do we got coming up Monday? Well, in addition to all the uh, wonderful segments that you've uh, come to know and love, like the quiet panelologists at work, your wonderful, wonderful news segment, the Answer Man, and uh, and others, we visit with Mark Sable and Robbie Rodriguez. Fantastic. Cool. The, the upcoming uh, original graphic novel, Haze. You also know Robbie from Maintenance, and Mark Sable worked on uh, Grounded. Is an awesome book. It is an awesome book. And uh, also uh, talked with, <laughs> excuse me, as I hiccup there. Also got to visit with. Uh, Fuck with, machine! <laughs> with. with, <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> also got to visit with Jerry Duggan, who you may know from uh, uh, as one of the the co writers for uh, last year's breakout hit, The Last Christmas, and now he's writing a very different book called Infinite Horizon with uh, with Phil Noto on art. So yeah. that's what's coming up on my show. Fuck you! Fuck you! I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Tom, Cater, Scotty Young, Sal, and the Fuck Machine. Uh, fuck Machine. Uh, yeah, we had to <laughs> thank uh, Mark for hosting us, as always, here at uh, Dark Tower Comics for Collectibles. Everyone have, everyone have. I don't have anything left. Don't cry! Let me out of the Fuck Machine! Everyone have a fantastic week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Fuck Machine's trademark by Aaron Comics. <laughs> in the meantime. In between time. We'll be everywhere in Aaron Comics. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Intercourse. Machine. <laughs> Intercourse contraption. <laughs> If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. 
All content of this episode is the sole property of Around Comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same, bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics.